0: and welcome back to final games a podcast about the games that inspired us i'm your host liam edwards and this is episode three and my word am i excited to be talking to my guest today but first i would like to quickly say thank you to everyone who listened to the second episode and shared it i hope you do the same with this episode i have a list of incredible people i've been lucky enough to convince to come onto the show including my guest today And I have an even longer list of people I would love to appear on the show. So thank you for the support so far, and I hope to continue bringing you interesting interviews with some truly inspiring people. My guest today studied computer science and music and began to build up himself a career in making musical jingles, under the wing of the man who made the McDonald's I'm Loving it Jingle. But musical jingles wasn't quite the right fit for my guest who wanted to pursue a career in the video games industry, which, by the way, is incredibly difficult. Fortunately enough, he was taken on by WayForward Technologies... Californian developers of titles such as Mighty Switch Force, Double Dragon Neon, Silent Hill Book of Memories, and one of my favorite DS games, Alien Infestation. He worked as a programmer starting out with kind of being thrown in the deep end of it, working on rigging a camera in-game. He also then helped out with the audio design on one of WayForward's most popular titles, A Boy in His Blob. He, alongside some of his WayForward colleagues, jumped ship, no pun intended, To a new venture at Yacht Club Games, where in 2013 they announced what would become the worldwide indie game sensation Shovel Knight. Shovel Knight was released in June of 2014 on Steam and the Wii U eShop after a successful Kickstarter campaign. Shovel Knight follows the adventures of the brave titular character Shovel Knight and his quest to defeat the Enchantress. The game was a huge hit with large sales figures and incredibly favourable reviews. It won over 70 Game of the Year awards and was in fact my personal Game of the Year that year. Most recently, a new DLC campaign was released for the game. The absolutely incredible Plague of Shadows is free to everyone who purchased Shovel Knight and allows players to play through a new campaign as Plague Knight. Even more exciting for fans of the game was the release of the Shovel Knight Amiibo last week, where it can be used to unlock co-op mode. I'm incredibly jealous of everyone who got one so far and would kill anyone to add him to my collection, so fingers crossed for a Japan release soon. My guest today was one of the creators and lead programmers on Shovel Knight, and as a huge fan of the game, I'm excited to welcome David D'Angelo.
1: Hello! Hello! Wow, that was quite the introduction. <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh, <laughs> I just, yeah, I just <laughs> like, kept going on with nice things, I, I feel like, so <laughs> I'm like getting rosy red over here. <laughs> That's cool. It's, well, it's one of
0: those things where I, they, I research about my guests and I look into what they've done, and it's just amazing what some people have done in comparison to myself. (laughs) (laughs) I worked on one game for a few years, um, and it was a difficult time, so I can't imagine working on so many different games.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, at WayForward, you you really get put through the ringer. I mean, I I was there... five years uh maybe and i i think i worked on 12 games while 12 i was there.
0: games in five years that's incredible yeah I was...
1: yeah it's like too too many games but i mean <laughs> you, you like you know you're thrown right into the fire that's uh, that's
0: yeah as you said because i recently listened to you on the eight four play podcast and you were talking about how you started at WayForward um where you were put to work rigging like a camera in game or reworking a 3D camera yeah
1: then. yeah that was the fir- my first thing <laughs> it was oh. on a game called Galactic Tazball
0: Galactic Tazball what a cool name Yeah, what a cool name really? <laughs>
1: yeah That's so it was I, so it was like ta- the Tasmanian devil character oh, okay that, that, that was the whole game and yeah it was it was a pretty pretty weird game you like you controlled taz by um it was on the ds and it, the bottom screen was a trackball and you would like you know scribble at it as fast as you could to like you know to make him go that direction uh whatever the direction the trackball was moving was like what direction taz went and he was like sort of wild okay. and uncontrollable so like yeah, making
0: but, him like spin and stuff like he does in the cartoon and stuff right yeah <laughs> that's really cool that's really cool so you was you spent five years at WayForward, and then uh you were went to sean's uh sean velasco's yacht club games or it was like a group of you who went together wasn't it
1: yeah i mean it was it was all, all of us really together okay. uh, yeah four of us were at way forward and one of us was a contractor for way forward so i mean we were basically all working at way forward uh you know we are on the double dragon neon team together yeah. and sort of said hey we click we like we want to keep working together that's um, awesome yeah.
0: Staying together like like a unit, <laughs>
1: right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're very much we're very much like a collaborative unit, uh, kind of company. You know, like we were just going over some of the design stuff for the next uh, campaigns we're doing for Shovel Knight, yeah. and like we are, you know, we were all, you know, all ten of us were huddled huddled around one person's desk, being like, "I think this, <laughs> I think that, I think that's right."
0: That's fantastic. Yeah. So almost like a like a computer club.
1: <laughs> yeah hanging out together I, yeah. making games now that that sounds way more nerdy now that you say that <laughs> <laughs> i was thinking more like a fun collaborative environment. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> a fun
0: collaborative of people who work on computers together <laughs> yeah right <laughs> that's awesome though because as i said shovel knight has done so incredibly well it's such an it's such a fantastic game i absolutely love shovel knight i think it's one of the best games to come out in recent times especially from indie developers such as yourselves how has it been since like shovel knight is it like just this continual crazy roller coaster of things happening and i imagine uh-huh. you went from doing the kickstarter which was successful after a, a few weeks of trying and how is it from not being sure about what your future is going to be like to all of a sudden being these guys that everyone looks yeah. to for like this amazing content and almost yeah. like the poster uh- child for indie developers?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's, it's really, really incredible. I mean, we went from, we went from a place where we were making games that we loved, but no one was playing <laughs> to a, you know, to making a game that everyone's playing and, everyone like seemingly loves and i i mean it couldn't like it couldn't i mean that's what we were hoping for every game we made right we we're hoping you know we make games with the attention that people play them right? Yeah. <laughs> and that people like love what we do and uh i so yeah i mean it was it was such an honor and it's like it's been i mean it's just been crazy we you know we thought Oh, like when we made this you know, people will buy it for like the first three months and then they'll like, you know, Peter out and you know, the length of this game has been like really incredible to us. Like we sold, you know, in 2015's fifteen's Christmas, we sold more copies of the game than we sold in 2014's Christmas.
0: So it just keeps going. Because you guys yeah, you started out on Steam and the Wii U, but now you're on you're on the Xbox One, you're on the PS4, you're on the PlayStation Vita.
1: Yeah. We're, pr- progressively over
0: almost all platforms.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it's just been—I mean, it was really exciting to do the like to do the PlayStation and the Microsoft versions because then we're like bringing on those new audiences, people were discovering it for the first time. I mean, yeah, because you, know, you had special like we really, features for each one, didn't you? you had yeah, yeah, we did. 4, yeah, we had Battletoads, Battletoads, and, Battletoads, and yeah. Kratos. Yeah. Um, and then we, you know, we had the, you know, having the Amiibo, it's like another launch. It's like another launch of the game, right? We had yeah. Plague of Shadows. It was like, you know, a lot, not that many people played Plague of Shadows, but people bought the game because, like, they're hearing about it again, right? Plague of Shadows um, is
0: so good. <laughs> that, <laughs> it's so good. I love it. I think it's one of the best DLC expansions. I personally thought it was so good. You changed the game's... You changed the game so much in comparison to what Shovel Knight started out with, his his set of moves, that right. it was like this whole new game, this whole new platform, it was fantastic, I really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, that's what, we were really going for something that felt very different, and I think for a lot of people that's like a huge turn off, probably, because um, they just want more Shovel Knight, right? Yeah,
0: that's understandable. Um,
1: yeah, but we, like, we wanted, it, I mean, we made Shovel Knight with like, the intention that it was the NES game that was sort of, you know, it was very simple, and understandable and um, you know had all these like all these elements about NES games that you loved and Plague of Shadows we tried to make it like it's the NES game that you booted up and you're sort of like I don't know how to even control this character, right? <laughs> that definitely uh,
0: happened with uh Yeah,
1: with Yeah, well, and that's night. like, I mean, to us, that's a really exciting part about the NES. It's sort of an off-putting part, but I think, like, if you give it a chance, it's, like, something you can easily fall in love with. It's one of those things. Um, it's
0: when the NES and the even the SNES, that time... No one really knew what to do because there was no internet. There was nothing like right. that, and it's cliché to say that now because everyone says that when they talk about old games. But you truly had no idea how to do things, and if you didn't have friends who played the game, you you were just stuck trying different
2: things.
1: Yeah. Well, and the amazing thing about the NES too is that you know, from the developer side too, is yeah. that you know, there were no there were no like hard and fast uh, conventions built. Right. No one said like. Hey Super Mario has the best mobility and like all games must be like Super Mario because okay. they were because they were all just like doing their own thing and like not really in communication with each other and like not paying attention <laughs> that much so there was um, no like know, set standard yeah, so you get, like, you know, you get something like Castlevania, which has, like, a, a fixed uh, trajectory jump, yeah. which, like, some people think is awful, right? But some people are like, you know, this this is the most amazing thing. It, like, really changes how the game is designed and the gameplay. And, like, I don't know, having those things that aren't set in stone yet, like, led to these, I think, really original ideas. It,
0: it took many different developers Finding their own way and what worked for them, which was incredible for the time, but it also brought around so much variation.
1: Right. And yeah, I mean, it made it made the games a lot harder to play. That's, for, that's yeah, that's sure. true. Especially you know, when you know.
0: went from one game to another, you were expecting right. a certain similar a right. similar feel, or You're a similar like this character control. doesn't
1: move like Mario. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> uh.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's awesome to hear you say that because uh, you you yourself worked very closely. On making sure that Shovel Knight didn't quite break too many conventions that NES titles back in the day had. You tried to stick within limitations, almost, of what the NES Yeah,
1: could do. yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, a huge part of it was, um, I mean, we wanted to build a game that was, like, true to that era, right? We wanted to make a franchise in the same way they had to make franchises back then. Yeah. Um, You know, so that meant that meant sticking to color limits and that meant sticking to like are there too many sprites on screen because like that makes it harder to play kind of thing you know we wanted that you know a lot of those feelings and the joy that came out of those games were based around the restrictions right so we felt it was important to keep you know like follow those as closely as we could i mean in some cases we're like of course we're like you know this is a modern thing for a real for a really good reason and we should have you know like yeah you we know should there's not no there's no out. brown <laughs> there's no brown colors in the nes palette right and it's yeah. like but there should be brown people like that's yeah. just racist right <laughs> uh, so like i mean we there are things you know there are things like that where it's just you know there's no reason to hold back there right
0: yeah understandably there's a lot of modern conventions that work very nicely (laughs) that you wouldn't want to get rid of. Okay, so quickly before we move on to actually talking about the games you've chosen today, I just want to ask you about how the launch of the Amiibo has gone. I am a, I would almost say, rabid Amiibo collector. It's something that I've definitely fallen into the dark (laughs) grasp of. (laughs) And I have almost all the Smash characters. Um, So, seeing the Shovel Knight Amiibo out in America and the UK is absolutely killing me at the moment.
1: <laughs> oh
0: no! How is how is the launch of the amiibo gone? Is it received really well and doing really well?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's felt it's felt really good from our point of view. I mean, uh, you know, it's selling it's selling well as far as we know. Uh, yeah. It's you know, people. It, I think we struck a, a good balance where people are finding it in the stores, but it's not like
2: <laughs> we not, not like we all the
1: other amoebas where it's we didn't very flood the stores. We didn't flood the stores, and it's not empty either, right? It's like yeah. a good balance where like people are like, "Oh, well, they didn't have it in my like my Target, but they had it in my Best Buy, so I'm okay. a, I'm happy." Right? That's good. Yeah. Um.
0: Unlike uh many other amoebas where you had to go to multiple stores before you even found. One. Yeah, I
1: mean we I mean we were we were really worried about that kind of stuff because we had no I, we just had no clue how many how many units people needed, like the okay. retailers, yeah. the retailers, yeah. you know, all they knew is that everything sold out immediately. Wow. So they were like, they were like, give yeah. us a, a, you know, give us 20 million units. We want, <laughs> we want everything in the world. Uh, and we're like, there's no way it will sell that much. Like, you know, keep it, keep cool here. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, but yeah, I mean the, the, it's been going really well. It seems like people are really happy with the figure, which is really exciting to us. And That's people, people, awesome really enjoy the content too which i yeah like we i really put, you really
0: know, want to try the co-op mode i honestly really want to try so much it looks so much fun
1: yeah i mean we put i mean we put a lot of work into it um so i mean we really hoped it would pay off and we we're i mean we we're really worried about people's reactions like you know this is i think it feels like a much bigger content addition than most amiibo Yes, you know, I think it's definitely
0: are. the one that holds the most weight or value. Yeah,
1: so, it. I mean, we were very worried from that perspective that people will get really mad at us. And I think, you know, before it was coming out, people were getting, you know, they were like, how could you, how dare you put this behind, you know, a toy <laughs> yeah. and that kind of stuff. But at, since it's come out, actually, it's been pretty positive. Like, I mean, people have been really happy just with what they got. And I think they see that, like, I think they see how it's tied to the toy more than it's just like a thing you unlock kind yeah. of.
0: It's like you're the first Shovel Knight, and the second Shovel Knight is your little amiibo toy, so it makes sense to have a yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> well,
1: and you're like customizing your character and like yeah. saving the data to it, and like you can bring it to your friend's house, and That's you fantastic. can. Yeah. Well, I'm,
0: I'm very excited to be heading back to the UK just so I can pick one up at some <laughs> point. It probably won't even be until like Christmas time, but. Oh no! I'll be definitely picking one up. I am so jealous. I see people post. I see you guys retweeting pictures of him all the time, and people modifying him to look like uh Black Knight. Oh my or god! Like yeah, the, Pink the, they look so good.
1: Yeah, they they've been incredible. I can't believe how talented people are. It's like just they, oh man, they do
0: look fantastic. Yeah. Oh, I'm very jealous of owners as an Amiibo. Do you collect Amiibo yourself?
1: Uh, I don't really. I have a few of them. Yeah. Um, but like yeah, I'm not I'm not really like I don't know. I try to like keep my life as clutter free as possible. <laughs>
0: That's a good in idea. A way. That's a good like, cuz
1: like once you I don't know, once I start to get stuff it's like it's like I, I really love it for a yeah. time and then like I'll go like n- the the month after that I'll be like I just need to throw out everything. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> like, before I moved to Japan actually, I had almost I would say about 30 to 40 Amiibo, which is very bad to say and embarrassing. So I had to box them all up (laughs) and I had to keep them in storage. And then since I've been in Japan, I've basically just been picking up all the ones I don't have yet. Right, And now I'm going to have to, when I return to the UK at some point, figure out how I box all these amiibo. Yeah, it must be Japan. hard
1: in Japan because, you, know, like, you know, people live with a lot less space there. Right? Oh, absolutely, yes. Uh, so I can't imagine. Am- I, 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 I have
0: lots of yeah. Amiibo boxes lying around I'm actually looking at them right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's awesome to hear. And I was so excited to hear that Shovel Knight was getting an Amiibo as one of the first third-party developers to really work with Nintendo on that initiative it's really good that's really good to hear.
1: oh yeah i mean it was yeah it was so amazing working with nintendo was uh, really cool and just being on the forefront of that was i mean it was just i mean we couldn't believe what was happening you know it's like seeing to think,
0: seeing how the sausage is made by the guys. yeah well like the and to think that them.
1: like yeah like nintendo is choosing us to be the one toy that's like sitting among all of their toys like someone can walk into a store right now and think like shovel knight's made by nintendo right yes Uh, You know, that we're we're even close to the same league as a Mario or a Zelda. It's like, just (laughs) mind-blowing.
0: That's really good to hear. That's really good to hear. I'm glad it's going very well. As a fan of the game and as a fan of Shovel Knight in general, I'm very happy to hear this. That's good. (laughs) Okay, well, let's talk about some of the games that you chose today. Um, We've got eight games to go through. I know you guys are very busy at the moment, so we'll try and go through them as quickly as possible. Um, I'm looking forward to hearing you talk about why you've chosen these games and if in any way they inspired parts of Shovel Knight or in any way so let's take a listen to some music from your first game okay david so your first game is spelunky um a roguelike platformer created by derek Yu. uh it originally started out as a freeware game on pc in uh, 2008 and then it received a hd remake for the xbox 360 live arcade in 2012 it's a difficult game that's for sure (laughs) but it was received (laughs) incredibly well and still people play it uh Religiously to the, to this day, uh, I recently watched the uh, AGDQ where Shovel Knight was on as well. And the Spelunky run through was incredible, <laughs> to say the yeah. least. So, David, why is Spelunky on your list? Why is it the. F- why well, is it. I the- should say i should it. preface it I
1: should preface this first of all that it's funny you name this first because I was I was like making this list sort of haphazardly and I was like oh is this like am I supposed to be on an island playing these games are they' yes. like my favorite because yes, what I was island. thinking is like well I'm gonna be playing these forever and like none of the games I picked are like games you like they're games you play once and you're like okay I don't, yeah like, maybe
0: maybe two of i'll them, come back to <laughs> it and like a, I'll come back
1: into it like in a year or whatever and then I'll play it again but yeah. like so I was like I need some more games that you like can play a lot like all the time and yes. Splunk- i mean Splunky is one of those because it's Spelunky's always changing right
0: yes well it's randomly uh, generated for anyone who didn't know the levels right are randomly yeah. generated. so i mean i, I
1: love I, lo- I mean i love Splunky. I, I i i mean the one thing that amazed me the most about Splunky is when i played it um i didn't like it right away um oh, you know yeah. but i didn't i didn't put it down like i mean the way i can uh, the way i play games is i i don't i play a game until i finish it and i always finish my games uh like i'm sort of diseased in a way where no, i think you are, like
0: you are the polar opposite to me <laughs> I find right it really difficult well i think i games. think
1: a lot of people like you know it's when they get sick of a game naturally you you put it down because yeah. like why would you play it and i'm just like well maybe maybe i'll find that i like it later and i feel guilty that i put it down right
0: <laughs> or when you hear uh, it develop into everyone else is talking about it and you're like wait hang on why is everyone else talking about this yeah. game with
1: yeah, so Spelunky was amazing to me cuz I started playing it and I didn't get it and it it felt weird, you know, the controls felt weird. Um the it didn't feel that exciting, you know, I was dying right away, so it was like uh but it was it was just so weird how it grew on me, I guess. Like I've never had the experience where a game grew on me like so strongly F- from where it went to a game that I thought like I was very meh about to a game where i was like totally in complete adoration of it um yeah so that i mean and i think that's not i think i'm not the only person that's like that i, I mean i think that's i think that's like a sort of like how spelunky is built
0: yeah i think many people especially people who are long time spelunky fans now who play it pretty religiously every day i think they started out oh this is pretty good it's like uh, many other games of yeah. Well, it was. I mean, there's a
1: lot of there's progress. a lot of like. I, yeah. Anyway, the, I mean, so the, I guess the reasons I love it are, you know, it's, uh, you know, it. always I mean, it feels so special and unique every time you're going through it. It really does feel random, even though it isn't, right? And uh, and I, I like the the coolest thing to me is sort of like the consistency in the world. Like, um, I don't know. I'm trying to think. I don't know. It's like you, the way you ex- – you you, will, you, can understand how every object will work in every situation all the time always, right? There's no there's – You can no, tell like, what's
0: going to make a good run and you can tell what's going to make a bad run just by looking at it straight away.
1: Yeah, well, and you know like – I don't know. Like if I use – I mean, I don't know, this isn't a case in Splunky probably, but I'm just gonna making something up. Like, you know, if I use <laughs> if I blow fire onto this wood, the wood's gonna light on fire because like that's what the fire does, right? It yeah. lights everything on fire and everything can be lit on fire and it's like extremely consistent. Okay. Right. Um Yeah, and and just being able to like, I don't know, walk into all these new situations and have like I you understand the rule set and it always works is like something that's very rare in games it's yeah. very weird like even in shovel knight like uh i it's not consistent <laughs> uh <I> don't, <laughs> don't know, say I don't that know. i can't think <laughs> they, i can't think of know. a good example i can't think of a good example off the top of my head but like um i don't know there's like objects that behave in a different way that aren't like cons- that aren't uh consistent with like how all the other objects work and okay. that leads to and that leads you to like confusion. I mean, sometimes it can be a good thing that it's like that. Um, but like, I've I haven't really played a game where it's like always a hundred percent working like that. And that was the amazing thing um, to did me. You, about did you like, play
0: it before the start of Shovel Knight's development, or is it something that was only yeah? While I I, you were I played.
1: Yeah, I definitely played. I played it when like pretty close to when the Xbox version came out. Um,
0: Okay, so I, when the Xbox I don't know when that
1: really, was, but I think it was a few yeah. years before Shovel Knight. Was, yeah, it yeah. was
0: 2012, so it was at least a good year before yeah, you I mean, guys announced Shovel Knight. Yeah. Did anything I mean, from Spelunky kind of whittle its way into? Oh, was it like a name? We were like, wow, look at this game; it's extremely consistent. Uh, everything works. Let's try and aim for this. This is also an example of an indie game that did very well too.
1: Yeah, you know, I don't know if anything. W- I'm sure something did I'm subconsciously. Sure probably i'm sure subconsciously level. something did i know i know sean uh was playing it during the ve- development of shovel Knight. okay you know? like and he had very much the same experience did he come I, to you and I, I, he was like
0: david I, look i have this great idea it's like blah blah, I, blah. and you're like hang on yeah. a second this is I, I mean, sounds like <laughs> i
1: introduced I introduce him to the game and i'm like just so you know you're not gonna like it at first like it's, <laughs> like there, you know there's like weird things There's weird things we know we won't like, other people won't like, right? You know, like in Splunky, if you hold the uh, the trigger button, you run, right? Yes. And you can you can change if you're running while you're mid jump, which is just like so unnatural, right? Um, physics doesn't work like
0: that in real life. <laughs> right.
1: Physics doesn't work like that. So, like, you know, like, when immediately when Sean's going to pick up the controller, he's going to notice that and he's going to be like, no, this game's not good. Right. <laughs> what is this? But so, it's like, so I, you know, I preface it, like, you're going to hate it. You're going to hate it. And then, but if you keep playing it, you're going to, it's going to be like the, the thing you love more than anything. And, like, sure enough, that's what happened. Like, he, put, he started playing it for like, he played it like a week or whatever. And then he was like, no, I don't like this game. And then he picked it up later uh like playing co-op or something and then he was yeah. like this is the best game ever um
0: <laughs> what what yeah. uh what platform do you play it on most do you still play it now like regularly uh
1: i i don't still play it now okay. uh and i, so I just played the it xbox on, version that you played yeah i played it mostly on xbox yeah uh, i played i played the, I played the vita I played it on version. playstation
0: 2 yeah i play the vita version i think it's really yeah i i, know, I mean i, I
1: almost i was gonna buy a vita just to play it <laughs> and then i and then i ended up not cuz it was like right around the time when vita switched to like the vita slim
0: okay uh, the, and they i was changed, just like I, they I, couldn't, I couldn't screen. i wanted the
1: oled version yeah. of the vita and i couldn't find it anywhere
0: oh really oh. yeah
1: so i was just like i just i mean cuz i think it was just cuz it just came out so they were like they were shoving the other ones off the shelves uh, yeah
0: the build quality of the slim is really nice but the screen they changed from an oled OLED screen to, I think it was just a regular LED screen, and it just wasn't quite yeah. as good. Uh, fantastic, yeah, well that's a great start. It's really good to hear other indie developers talk about other indie games on a technical level as to why, because it feels <laughs> like, especially as game developers, people draw inspiration very often from their peers around them.
1: So it's oh, it's really yeah. interesting I mean, to hear what I mean, works we're out. we're looking every every angle we can to steal ideas. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no such thing as an original idea.
2: <laughs> Even yeah.
0: this podcast was inspired by a BBC radio broadcast, so <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, we're going to move on to your next game now. So, let's listen to some music from that. Yeah. Okay, David, so your next game in Japan is called Panel de Pon, but in the West was actually named Tetris Attack, although it had absolutely nothing to do with Tetris. Um, it was released yeah. really late into the Super Nintendo's uh, life cycle. It was released in 1995, which is very late if you think about what was coming on the horizon with the Nintendo 64. And the Western version of the game actually featured a Super Mario World 2 uh, Yoshi's Island assets. It was different to the Japanese version, and it was Great. the it was developed by Intelligent Systems, the creators of Fire Emblem and the Paper Mario series. Uh, so why is Panel of or Tetris Attack uh, on your list? Well, yeah, we should
1: mention all the other names too. I think it's Pokemon Puzzle League. Yes, Poke-
0: uh, yes, you you're right. Yeah.
1: Pokemon,
2: uh, Pokemon. There was Pokemon
0: Puzzle League on the Nintendo 64, I think, and then there was. Pokemon Puzzle Challenge for the Game Boy Color. Uh,
1: there was one on the DS 2 that had a different name. I can't think of it.
0: So which that is was, the version that one was? Cool that one was cool.
1: That one was cool because uh, you could touch. You could actually touch on it, and it was really fast and neat. Oh, that's good. Cool. Better than using um, a D-pad, quicker. Faster. Yeah, but I don't. I don't know what. I mean, what version did I play the most? Probably one of the portable ones. Okay. Um, because it received Pokemon really possibly? well,
0: it, there were, on Western release. It was uh, reviewed incredibly well, and the uh, the versions that came later also received really well. So it's a strong series, a strong puzzler. So oh, yeah. why? Why is this on your list then? Is this something you played? Uh, so this
1: is another thing. This is like, yeah, you're picking – like this was another one that was like, oh, if I had to play it forever, this is like a really good one. Like I could I <laughs> I could, I could, I could probably play this game every day and be happy with my life. Uh, I think – I don't – there's something incredible. Uh, just to start off, I don't like Tetris. I've never – I've never oh, liked Tetris. Oh, wow. <laughs> from when I was like two years old. So when I picked up this game, I – I was just really amazed because it sort of like solved all these things I didn't like about Tetris. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It like it, it's like really exciting and there's like so much drama to it and there's like so much action and it's intense. And it's I'm very like, intense. I, I'm thinking so hard, so fast. Like I have to think so far ahead and, in, in, you know, uh, into like what combinations or like what my path of attack will be. Um, you know, like, uh, you know the the two player where it's like dumping stuff on the other person is like so much fun. Uh, yeah, I was
0: gonna ask if you played a lot of the multiplayer because the multiplayer was really where it got intense and was <laughs> it yeah broke friendships, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, and I, I like you know I like the puzzle aspect. You know, I like that they have modes in there that are like you know figure out how to do this right. Yeah, I'm I'm really into I'm really into puzzles a lot, which is like sort of weird why Tetris doesn't work for me. Because um, mm-hmm. I love like figuring out how to solve something. Yeah. Um, and I I guess I feel like Tetris Attack has that way more, in like te- or, or, and like, or a normal Tetris feels like it's uh, like Tetris,
0: but a step up.
1: It's like yeah, it's like Tetris just feels like I'm, I don't know, I'm like doing the dishes. It's like <laughs> you know where every, you know where everything goes, and like you're just putting it there. It's
0: a routine right based oh line block t block
1: yeah and i just love like there's so many there's so many cool like little amazing touches about it that i i can't i can't even imagine how they came up with it like uh you know one thing that's like really really important in animation and video games particularly is like hit what we what we call here i don't know if it has like a general term outside of here but we call it hit stop uh essentially like when you punch a guy um like the animation freezes for a second and then it continues like with the follow through the punch
0: okay so it's kind um, of like uh, the, the after of hit detection you've right it's it just like stop you know it
1: happens in smash bros a lot like yes you, you clash and you freeze there and it just feels so epic right <laughs> like you really nailed the guy way more than you know just a normal hit where it like sort of goes through okay uh, and they do that they do that effect in tetris attack which is like it's a, I just like the idea of putting that into a puzzle game just feels like so amazing. So like when you make a really good combo, the the game freezes uh, and it just feels so unbelievably satisfying. Um, and not only that, but they like added another component to it where it's like and now you have like just like two seconds to like figure out what you're going to do next. Right. That's um,
2: really so cool. you're
1: like you're rewarded for that like amazing thing you did. Yeah. Uh, yeah, as opposed to Tetris, it's like you clear the thing, and it's like, okay, I'm you starting over again.
0: Yeah, now clear and next block, <laughs> then keep going, yeah. and keep going. Um, specifically on your deserted island, what version of the series would you play? Or
1: you know, I don't know. They all feel they all feel so the same to me. Yeah. <laughs> like I actually don't. I should go and play through them all, like at some point, and see. Like I don't know if they ever added anything to the game other than the one I'm talking, the DS one, where they. They added the touch to it. Okay. Um, because they, I mean, they all feel like I can't remember. I can't remember a version that didn't feel like exactly like the first one, other than like you know they reskin it with different characters. Yeah, instead. I was gonna
0: say, what would you prefer? Would you prefer like a Super Mario uh, art <laughs> asset version, I, like, or a Pokemon yeah, art, art version?
1: I, I would pick a portable one for sure. Just okay. Like so I could I can just pick it up real fast, right, and be anywhere.
0: I remember, because I remember playing, I had Pokemon Puzzle Challenge for the Game Boy Color, and I remember playing it religiously on a few camping trips in France when I was younger. And I was actually surprised to read about Tetris Attack and realize that that's where Pokemon Puzzle Challenge had come from so it's yeah really, it's just yeah, a series that, that spans multiple
1: and they make those games so hard too it's like i mean you could difficult. like you could play them forever because like it's it's so difficult to beat them like i couldn't believe that those they've like they, they put pokemon characters on those games and like still <laughs> left and still made the difficulty like in, so incredibly hard <laughs> you, you like i think it, i think when you beat the pokemon ones uh like when you beat like the little adventure mode or whatever they like insult you for like losing a match oh i don't remember they're like oh you you like you lost once you should play the whole thing again and not (laughs) lose You should start Uh, again you lost you big fat you big fat loser dummy
0: (laughs) 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 that's really interesting i I can't remember it i remember the gameplay and i just remember it was gen 2 pokemon so it had a lot of Totodile, yeah. Cyndaquil. Yeah. I
1: mean, it's it's a it's such an incredible game. It's so incredible to think that like you know I can't think of I think that was the first match three game. Really? Um Yeah. Like,
0: which is like, crazy uh, now when you look at the like the iOS store and you see right. nothing but it's match like three they, games.
1: They created the perfect match three game, and then all these other people were like, "Nah, like like let's take out all this good stuff. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> let's 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 simmer it down a little. Let's bring it down." <laughs> right. Would you would you be interested in making a puzzle game yourself? You sound like you really enjoy puzzle games. Would you? Uh, I would s-
1: definitely. I would definitely be interested in it. I don't know if I'd be very good at it. Okay. Uh, but
0: have you been uh, playing The Witness, perchance?
1: Uh, I I haven't. I've been waiting my, I del- I'm deliberately waiting to play with my wife. I mean, she doesn't play many games with me, but it just seems like a game that would be really fun. Like, I've seen something. a lot of
0: people post that it is very fun with friends.
1: Right, so I, I figured that like that would be a very enjoyable way to play it. And okay,
0: that game sounds right up your street, so that's really interesting. Yeah,
1: it, yeah, it's weird. That game's so weird to me. I don't like. I see that game, and I'm like, I, I mean, now it seems like people know a little bit more about it. But when they were just like teasing it, it just seemed like, are you solving these line puzzles for like a thousand of them for like I, 200 it's, hours? Is like this seems like it's funny the, because.
0: I still think that I still I yeah, read like, all these things about it, and everyone's like, everyone should play it. It doesn't matter about the price. Everyone should really yeah, pick it up. And it's like game that makes you feel it just
1: seems like that sounds like the most boring game in the world. And why is it, I'm so excited about it? I just don't get it. And like what we keep joking around the office is that like you solve the first puzzle, and like then you know the the panel like folds out, and there's like a box, and there's a gun in there, and you take out the gun. <laughs> it's a first person shooter actually, and he's been fooling us the whole time, right? And every.
0: somehow everyone who has played it is in the is like in the joke and no one has ever spoiled it but that actually is what it is (laughs) yeah
1: uh yes i'm really i'm really excited to play that game just to find out what it is exactly
0: exactly yeah oh that's awesome fantastic okay so we're gonna move on to your next game which is very different from the previous two games um let's listen to some music Okay, David, so I'm gonna tell you off because you've technically cheated here. Okay. You've cheated on your desert island. You've chosen a collection. <laughs> oh, you've yeah. chosen a collection. <laughs> you chose the ICO and Shadow of the Clusters collection, which in I guess in the rules is one disc. I think yeah. in the e- at least in the EU it was one disc. Well,
1: I I have I have a little bit of reasoning why I think this is like really one game. Um, okay,
0: uh, please explain your reasoning. Yeah, so as I said, it's the ICO Shadow of the Colossus collection. It's the HD remasters of Team ICO's pretty much amazing cult classics, especially Shadow of the Colossus. Uh, the remaster was handled by Bluepoint Games. They've also been responsible for the Metal Gear Solid HD Collection, the God of War HD Collection, and most recently the Uncharted Nathan Drake Collection. So, explain to me, David, why you think this is one game and that I should not banish you from the <laughs> island already? Well, I guess
1: it like it feels like it's in the same world. It feels like you know the the stories are intertwined. It feels like very much like a unit, right? Okay. Uh, like you know, uh, I guess like if. Uh, i guess you know shadow of the classes is really what makes it that way uh you know i feel like i feel like it's tough to play shadow of the Colossus and understand the understand the whole of it without playing the first game um, okay. so to me so, so to me like i don't know like both are really important to have together
0: is there a theory or a fan theory that or your own theory that you prescribe to about the two games being connected in a way other than just visually and made by the same team and the world uh, i mean team.
1: well like i mean uh, like the most obvious thing to i guess this would be a spoiler but like the ending. Right, spoilers
0: t- are okay this is totally perfect. yeah
1: the ending to sh- shadow the classes is that like he becomes this he gets like transformed or whatever and yeah this he becomes
0: game. darker and he he becomes consumed more and more as the game goes on the more he yeah, kills he, so he I- becomes
1: so he comes he becomes this baby with horns so it's sort of like it makes you feel like you know it makes you understand that this is like a connected world where like you know in in eco basically i guess he's the start of this you know this like generation of these children that got like sort of rejected
0: yes because you in Ico, for those of you who don't know you wake up in uh, basically an abandoned castle there's not really anyone around. And you stumble across this girl who's being chased by like these shadow creatures. And right. as the game progresses towards the end of the game, you find out that you were locked in the castle by your mother, who happens to be the queen of this castle or this land. And um, the reason you were locked away is partially because of this curse where you were born with these horns.
1: Right. So, yeah, it's just, like, all they, all they explain in that game is, is, like, it's a bad omen, right? Yeah. Um, and I guess they sort of explain what that means in the second game, or in Shadow of the Colossus, and, like, really add, I don't know, like, weight to it. Like, yeah. you understand, like you know maybe like maybe it's like i can understand you can feel the justification for them locking up these children or whatever
0: <laughs> the justification
1: <laughs> right like, it's, like that's a feels, strong course, word to use just because they of were born with horns. of course it feels wrong of course it feels wrong <laughs> but like it's i mean it's a neat idea where you can like see where the prejudice comes from yeah um
0: which out of the two is your personal favorite
1: uh, I mean i would say like shadow shadow classes definitely had a like a pretty big impact on me i was i was in college uh when it came out and you know i i sort of grew up thinking like n- not really thinking about how people made games like I don't know like i knew i was into developers i was into you know like i knew miyamoto made mario I knew like i was super into rare right okay. um i knew that people were making these games but I didn't think like I don't know that like I don't know it seems so foreign I guess like it's uh, weird
0: because as, same as yourself I, w- I was in college and I was very interested in game development I didn't study game development I studied computer science but right. it still felt like such an we didn't have like Unity or
2: right Unreal yeah.
0: and they weren't readily available as they are now yeah so it didn't
1: it didn't feel like like making a game was possible Yeah no
0: absolutely game development was uh, this alien thing that only certain special intellectual people could do. <laughs> right. It was way out of my grasp.
1: Yeah. Well, and it almost felt like these are the people but like th- these are the people I associate with games, but I don't actually think of them making the games. I think of them just like they're the ones giving me the games.
0: Okay. Th- it's
1: like a weird it's a weird, I don't know, like a childish <laughs> Way of the yeah
0: about like somehow like Santa has bought these games to these people yeah and so these I guess like now of the responsible the of sharing them to the world Shadow of the
1: Classes was interesting to me because it it was like the first game where I really connected the dots I guess oh, okay like you know I read I read a lot about it because I was super invested in it and you know it's like specifically oh, wow.
0: about uh Fumita Ueda or was it just yeah yeah and
1: it was just like wow they have like a really small team and they made Eco with this same like really small team and like these Mm -hmm. this like this like collection of people could like make this amazing thing right and that i mean that was the moment where i sort of like said to my brain like like this is like this is what i want in my life kind of thing you know uh so that was like i mean that makes it feel special to me uh yeah besides like i mean just besides it being an incredible game i mean the i like uh walking up to, like uh i mean exploring that world feels like so magical and you know encountering the like the creatures and the classes feels like
2: it's I mean, it's
1: so
0: indescribable like, the way yeah it's indescribable you're like you. in
1: another you're in another world and it really feels like this whole Like, they created this special place that you're like, you've been transported to, and like, you're trying to understand. And then, like, and it's really freaking fun, right? Yeah, it's it's so much fun. The gameplay is incredible. It's super fun. they like, climb the the bosses, and like, and and, I mean, to me, like, I love solving puzzles, right? So, like, (laughs) I love, I loved cracking how to get to the top of it or cracking how to get to, you know, whatever side, whatever you had to do, finding out, finding the weak points, and then getting up there and like, having the satisfaction of taking it down yeah i like i love like i'm soon su- i mean i mean i'm super into music as like so yeah. Like, you know, yes, when you you, yeah when the music is like transitioning as you climb it into this like incre- you know this incredibly incredibly you know satisfying s- celebratory music uh it's, it's funny just, because it's-
0: you, you say this my last guest uh, who was simon miller from videogamer.com he also chose shadow of the colossus and we were talking about how the Colossi themselves were basically a level personified. They were a platforming level, they were a puzzle level, they were a combat level, basically right. all in this one giant tall structure that walked. And I think that's what made Shadow of the Colossus so incredibly special. Yeah. It was yeah, definitely. I mean,
1: definitely. You know, they're yeah, they were all so unique, but it had this uh, amazingly simple system which you could approach them all with, you know... Uh, and they built they built off each other, right? In like, yeah. you know, uh really clever ways. Uh yeah, I mean it's just like a really, really smartly designed game and really beautiful and like uh, I don't stunning. know, touching yeah. and uh Yeah. So, uh,
0: the Last Guardian
1: then. The, oh, I- oh I'm do I'm you simply, still hold I'm, hope do you still hold I, out i don't even i don't even think about it like if it comes like if it, the day they announce it comes out i'll believe it's out then but, <laughs> but otherwise like, here's I the don't, release I don't date, believe it it's like unless it's, it's
0: in the store physically i still don't yeah. believe it <laughs> right
1: yeah, unless I'm hold, unless I'm like, it's in the disc and the update, you know, the PlayStation is properly updated and like, <laughs>
0: you just like, and, you like, put like in I'm this disc- playing it
1: for like, maybe longer than 10 minutes. <laughs> like, it's like not, it's for sure not a demo, you know, you put-,
0: you put in the disc and then all of a sudden the title credits The Last Guardian. <laughs> it's just right. like a video of a Sony conference and nothing else. Just yeah. advertising all the other games they might make instead of The Last Guardian right <laughs> well anyway. we can all we can hold hope that's for sure <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah but i mean i'm yeah of course i'm super excited for anything he does yeah you know, anything he and his team i should it was say amazing
0: because that. for me to wait when you read about him before Ico, the guy he, he worked on some games but he never had a producer role he never had a, dir- a directoral role before Ico, right. and then all of a sudden the guy just made Ico.
1: Yeah, and then well, he made I, I Shadow think, of the Colossus. As a you know, follow-up. I think the, yeah, he worked. He worked at the studio, and he like, you know, he found the people that that could work with him and make yeah. the things that like that. You know, they kind of like what They you found guys the did right. They forward. found the right group of people, right? And I think that like yeah. that's what was in, inspirational to me when I was reading about him. Kind of like uh, what
0: you guys did with WayForward. Right. You kind of got that cool group of people that you worked really well with. And yeah, I mean, out. like
1: a lot of times, like uh, you know, oh away gets like you know all the credit right but i'm sure you know it's obviously not him alone right he found the guy he found the guy that could freaking hammer out the physics of a a giant uh you know know, colossus thing that you're climbing up of like people you know think about like how badly climbing up anything worked in any game before that right it was like atrocious it was like impossible to do yeah, so like especially I mean,
0: something that moved and the physics of you like swinging back and forth. Well, and I mean, that on. was
1: yeah. Those weren't even parts of it. I, like it was just bad to climb up a a flat wall in those, in like <laughs> other
2: games, right?
1: And to think they they are like, oh well, we can do this and we can make it like way more complicated. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I mean, and, you know, just, and he found amazing artists and he found like amazing people to write music, and I I like they they all came together and made something. Uh, you know, they. It wasn't like it, it's like obviously not made by one person. It's yeah. like what's what's the vision was
0: there, but it took this whole team of people. Anyone who's worked right. in game development knows that it takes so many people to make a game. It's never one guy. Whether it's Miyamoto or um you know, David Cage or <laughs> Kojima, there's always uh, multiple teams of people behind them helping them push this vision or this idea of a game. Yeah. Okay, well, that's very good. And you cheated, but I'll allow it. I'll allow it. <laughs> I'll allow it. Okay, so we're going to move on from one sad collection of games to another incredibly sad but absolutely superb game. So let's listen to some fantastic music. <laughs> Okay, David, so the next game is a game that never even got a Western release. It was released in Japan for the Game Boy Advance in April of 2006. It was the sequel to Mother 2, or as it's known in the West, Earthbound. Um, it, as I said, it never received a, an official Western release, but there was a fan, uh, an unofficial fan translation or localization done by uh, Clyde, Tomato, Mandolin, and members of Starman.net. And was released in 2008. It's the final game by Shigesati Itoy, who hasn't made a game since. It's Mother 3. So, David, why yeah. Mother 3? I mean, I could answer that question <laughs> myself, but
1: <laughs> why personally for you? Uh, you know, well, Mother 3 is a game I played. I mean, it was during Shovel Knight. It was right before Shovel Knight. Um, you could, I mean, you could see in our Kickstarter, I put Mother 3 as one of the inspirations for the game. Yeah uh it's i mean it's like i don't know i I feel like i could talk about it for an hour how like it's really like incredibly made you can tell all the lessons they've learned over the course of making the first two games yeah um you know the story is like i mean it's like it's i mean it's super it's super touching and it's super like and it's like you're Uh, it's very relatable like all the characters are very relatable it's very understandable it's it's extremely funny uh i mean it's like it's the combat is really fun and engaging um you know it's it you know it's another one of those games like shadow the Colossus where you really feel like you're in another world and and it has its own like the world has its own quirks and things that make it tick And it feels really special. I I mean, I love the way it's told in the chapters, you know, you're skipping around.
0: characters, you play different characters, too, which
2: was
1: Um, too effective. Yeah, I mean, it comes together. I I mean, one of the most amazing things to me about it, like, as a game developer, it was, uh, you know, a lot of games are built around very common structures, like Shovel Knight defeat the eight bosses, right? Yeah. Uh, And Mother 3 has that same kind of structure. It has, you know, take down the, uh, what are they called, Magypsies?
0: Magypsies to, like uh what is it the pins not the pins the i forget what they're called but yeah you're right anyway but it's
1: basically eight bosses right um but like i played through the whole game and then i was like oh like they just like brought me through that structure and i had no idea they did it (laughs) Uh, you just suddenly woke up like from a coma and you're like what happened they made they masked it in a way that made it feel natural for me to like go to all these different environments and go through all these like story points and go you know do the fight the eight bosses in a way that I did not I didn't you know I didn't feel it right I didn't feel like that I mean that's what feels sort of like that's what makes the structure dumb in other games right is when you know when you know the structure it's like it feels like a formula and you can feel, like, the designer telling you, like, hey, like, this is what I'm doing kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, it, I mean, it just, like, I mean, the same thing is true, like, when you read a book and you know, like, this is what's going to happen because, like, this is the way it's set up, right? Yeah. Uh, and I guess Mother Mother 3 just, like, did a really good job of hiding, hiding the seams, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it's a really good example of, I think, when games, not when games started, but certainly that games could be as an imaginative and as unfolding as maybe a book say not right. some, like a film or a tv show but more of like how a book goes from chapter to chapter unfolding certain parts of the plot and exactly what's going on it was definitely a an example of games could be like literature almost
1: right yeah and uh, i mean i mean there's an aspect to it that It feels like there's so much there. It feels like I could play it forever on an island. Uh, You know, you can go back. You go back to like your hometown or whatever all the time. And after every single thing that happens in the game, they all change their dialogue. And they all like are they're different in some way. And there's like there's always I guess you're you're, like rewarded for whatever you want to do in that game. Yeah. uh, Which is like an amazing, amazing feat uh, for someone to develop a game that like does that.
0: It's a, it's an incredible game, and especially coming off the back of Earthbound. I mean, I had not played Earthbound until quite late. I don't think many people did, especially in uh, Europe, like myself, because we never actually received Earthbound for the SNES. So, um, but I played Earthbound, and then I... I was like, oh wow, that was so good. I've been I've been playing Ness and Smash Brothers for so long, and Lucas, I understand why these characters are in this game now. And I was like, I have to play Mother 3. I have to play Mother 3. <laughs> yeah. And so, luckily, thanks to Clyde who made the uh, fan translation, as well as the guys at yeah. Starman.net. We got to play this rom, and wow, oh wow! Yeah, and I mean, and the
1: translation is incredible too. Yeah, the localization Uh, is fantastic. I did like a really amazing job. You know, like I was, I was dissecting the words in this, in the same way I imagine you would do in Japanese. And I mean, it was really cleverly thought out. Uh,
2: It's amazing. I mean,
1: it's just a joy. It's it's a joy to read. It's a joy to play. Uh, It's a joy to listen to. I mean, the music is so good. The music is amazing. It's in so, true
0: Nintendo fashion, the music is a integral part of the game.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I couldn't get the I couldn't get the what is it the love theme? I don't know what it is exactly called, but I couldn't get it out of my head for like a year and a half after I played <laughs> the game.
0: Especially as someone who has a background in music, because uh, uh, ga- games like that, especially uh, games that feature almost chip tune like music, they are kind of like jingles in a way because they can't progressively push past more than their melody yeah so i think just mother 3 and earthbound had these little jingles or little melodies that just stuck with you for a long time
1: yeah i was i mean i was really worried i was really worried to play mother 3 actually because of the music because i mean i wasn't i I wouldn't say i was like super into earthbound like i liked earthbound okay but it wasn't like my favorite game ever or anything like that um but i did i was a h- incredibly in love with the music okay and like most of that came from the first game which was all done by hip tanaka and like hip tanaka is like hip tanaka is, like is god, cool guy. he's god he's god to me right so like <laughs> when mother when mother three is like not hip tanaka i was like no way like no no man no you can't do this to me man like um <laughs> uh, but yeah he uh, like uh I, for- I forget the guy's name who wrote it but it was uh, yeah he did it was such a good job
0: that's awesome. Yeah, Mother 3 is and I only think about it now. It's 10 years old, but when I think about Mother 3, I think of it in relative terms to how old Earthbound is, but it really isn't. It's a game that came out around the last generation, the Xbox 360 PS3 generation. Um and
1: Yeah, when d- It, it, it was like in, 2007 or something, right? 2006 it came out. 2006.
0: But obviously we didn't get to play it until 2008. Because of the fan translation being completed, right. so that really isn't that long ago, in game terms, when you yeah. think of like Gears of War or uh, Halo and such right. and such, yeah, They're all around that same time, and just no Western release, just nothing yet, nothing at all.
1: Yeah, I mean i I would love I would love to see that game. Uh, Can you badge you know, people? It's at like Nintendo it's. I mean, it, it is like definitely one of the best games ever made <laughs> like <laughs> i think like yeah so to th- the fact that like it's not as in many people's hand as possible is just like it's just i mean it's a sad thing to think you know to yeah. think about that this he made something that's like so magical and could be yeah. like so influential to so many people and like you know just like to get through their lives i think you know it could be it's a game so, that deals with so many- helpful
0: thing uh especially like grief it deals with different yeah. subjects especially grief in yeah. uh, intelligent ways right A- adult ways but not forcing it like deal with it like grief happens death happens right. this kind of thing it's like yeah
1: it's not it's not shoved down your throat no. but it's like you're definitely it's on your mind the whole time and you're yeah. like processing it the same way yeah, someone absolutely. would in the real world
0: yeah so question i ask a lot of people because i play a lot of smash brothers ness or
1: lucas oh i'm lucas all the way
0: oh <laughs> my man my my brother thank you thank you another one for the team lucas yeah, i'm not so going many-
1: anywhere with it i'm not going anywhere without the rope snake for sure
0: <laughs> i get so many people uh being like why would you ever play lucas when you got ness he's a poor man's nest no no lucas is the true <laughs> the true hero the true- yeah definitely <laughs> did you because you were recently in japan did you – I think Lucas Amiibo got released yesterday in America, but did you pick up the Lucas Amiibo while you are in Japan, or are you going to pick it up? No,
1: I, I even know – I actually didn't know it was out when I was there.
0: Yeah, he, he's I been out in Japan out since Blair. December.
1: Oh, wow. Okay, yeah.
0: It's actually really good, because the, the quality of Amiibo, like, since they were just yeah. – poses yeah, from that, the Smash I mean, that's, that's like
1: i thought i thought about picking that one up for sure because i mean i love i love lucas yeah
0: it's very nice it's very nice it goes nicely with the nes amiibo that's for sure <laughs> yeah,
1: i want a Claude one that's what i want
0: oh that would be good that'd be really good with his little cowboy hat Yeah, it'd be fantastic. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I want I want the whole all all the characters.
0: Just the whole characters in Japan. There is actually
1: Duster would be good. Duster needs to be in Smash. Come on, let's. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's actually uh there's like a set of Mother uh Mother Two figures for Earthbound of like. All the different characters from earthbound that's like it's really expensive but it's really popular and you can get it in like most electronic you know, shops yeah
1: one, i mean one thing i saw when i one thing i got actually when i was in japan was they have the they have like mother two uh gachapon yeah shows. they
0: do i actually have one attached to my ds uh, yeah
1: so i got i got a i got a Ness one and i yeah. got i also got a uh a starman, a starman. yeah
0: <laughs> nice very it's nice cool. yeah but nothing really for mother three nothing it's not got as much yeah. of a following in Japan as Earthbound did, and in the yeah, West, really. too well, obviously, because no one's really played it. Yeah. You have to go through insidious means to do so.
2: But anyway, <laughs>
0: <Right>. <laughs> let's move on to your next game, which I am very, very interested to hear your opinions on, considering it's one of the games that revolutionized basically how video games are made these days. So let's listen to some music. Super Mario 64, David. Super Mario 64. Yeah,
1: yeah. This is a big one. I mean, this one like blew my mind when I was a kid, right? Uh, yeah. Same. I, I mean, I had I, I had played 3D games, but it wasn't the same, right? I
0: think the only game I would played that was 3D or at least a semblance of 3D was like Star Fox. That was it. Yeah. This
1: like I mean, I pseudo 3D. I I'd played PlayStation 3D games. Okay. I think. Maybe I don't know. what I can't remember the order of like things. It was like
0: but... it was like one year. This gap between like the Super Nintendo and the PlayStation being released, and then the N sixty four being released. Yeah. And so I like mean, super, yeah, these yeah. games that had pseudo three D, like it wasn't true three D.
1: Well, didn't. and it just didn't like they never really worked, right? They never no, really like No, they didn't.
0: They didn't work very well at all. Uh,
1: and like Super Mario sixty four, like really was like I mean, it's just amazing for so many reasons. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's like. It's unbelievable how it's, you know, that's how they figured out how to extend Mario into 3D, right? And it worked. Um, You know, and like the things that were exciting about Mario, like being surprised, uh, you know, like when I I think some, I think what people miss a lot in Mario, like that makes it so special is like when you hit a, when you hit like a box in it, right? You don't know what's going to come out of it. Yeah. Um, Like that's super exciting. Like when you, when you run on top of a, on top of the world like you can get to a secret area right Uh, yeah (laughs) like sometimes a vine pops out of the box and like you're and now you're in the clouds uh you know there's so there's so much like discovery and surprise uh in that game that just makes it really delightful to play
0: well super Um, mario 64 featured like the first 360 degree analog camera so the world rotated around mario and that just had not
2: been done before.
1: Right. You. Well and like and those I mean those elements I'm talking about really made their way into Mario too. Like, mm. you know, you're jumping into paintings and like and, and getting into a whole new world, right? It's so <laughs> cool. Like you jump in and not all the paintings were the same, right? You or like you jumped into like the Princess Peach like glass window and now you're like writing down slides all of a sudden. Yeah. Right. Or you're like or you're looking into a mirror to see like where the painting is, right? Yeah. Uh, you know there's so much of that like i don't know like childlike wonder going through a world that's like uh just they do it so well in super mario 64 and it wasn't even and th- like
0: a flat plane either it was like every level yeah. featured and then- especially the, like underground water levels that went down they went down into the world and then you had like lava levels uh where you like Climbing on top of pyramids, and you had the sand levels where you could sink underground, and everything. It was just the game was built on so many different levels of geometry, and right. it wasn't only just the th- first 3D game, but it wasn't a flat plane where you just ran about in a yeah a, a standard level. Well, and I think level. yeah,
1: I, what's amazing, what's amazing about Super Mario 64 is like when I think about like what Mario is, right? Like Mario is a game that's like almost it's almost about the joy of movement, right? Yeah. Uh, like it, you know, what made Mario special when it came out, it's like it had really strong acceleration with the character and uh, it felt like somewhat realistic, but like not really like you could jump way too high. Right. Um, yeah. And you could jump way too far, but like it had that realistic feel to it uh or it had like an intuitive feel to it um, there was
0: like a limitation there purposely put to make you feel like oh i'm jumping like extremely far this doesn't feel right, right.
1: it's not like the Mega Man jump where like, it's like or or shovel knight for that where matter like where you can just like wiggle all you want and get where you want all the yeah. time <laughs> yeah. right uh, you can <laughs> bounce like a
0: really hard metal <laughs> shovel that weighs a ton
1: and somehow yeah. so, bounce like extremely
0: well, I mean, high in the air
1: <laughs> yeah for, i mean for them to know like i get it's hard to know what like what you yourself like? What makes your game you un- like? What the special part of it is? Okay. And I, I think for them to know, like they like they nailed what was the special part, right? They said like it's about joy of movement. So let's make like this Super Mario sixty four be about that too, right? Yeah. Um. So it's like you know they give you all those moves. It's like it's so fun to move through all the world and all the environments, like you were saying. Um. You know that's such a part of the game is figuring out how to get from point A to point B and do it in a way that's, like, fun, and I'm, like, you know, I'm dancing around the world, kind of, doing flips and acrobatics.
0: It's it's so strange, because they went from, you know, the Super Mario Bros. series and the Super Mario World series where it was this game of everything being routine, all the enemies came at the same time, you could perfectly time your jumps and your runs. It was, like, this game where it had as you said the joy of movement but it was you got better and better because you knew exactly where to jump but then all of a sudden they had to change their idea they were like okay we've built games around being able to run really fast jump on certain things at certain times and get through a level as fast as possible now we have to basically flatten all that and now the player can explore a level how do we make this interesting how do we how
1: do we yeah and it really amazing. Where- it's really amazing that they took you know they had been building courses up to that point right yeah. all, all, like all the <coughs> old mario games were courses mm-hmm. and they you know they and with this game they weren't doing that and it's amazing that they you know they got the same feelings in out of it um it,
0: it wasn't such a departure that's what's amazing right. about it it's it felt like oh wait this is mario this still feels like mario but
1: yeah, it's and I mean, like, and there's, and there's just, like, so many things, like, that are just incredible. I mean, they figured out how to do 3D, right? Yeah. Like, they, like they figured out how to do a camera. They figured out how to <laughs> make it, like, not be so horrible. Uh, they, it, it
0: works. It just, it it worked, and it didn't, yeah. it didn't, it didn't, oh, it didn't obstruct the player from anything. The camera, the camera did that revolutionary thing where it moved with the player without the player yeah. ever touching it. Yeah, I mean, it's
1: just like, yeah, it's like, it's like the, I mean, the game is like, I can, I can always boot that game up and have fun just running and jumping around. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Which is like, it's, there's not many games where you, like, you don't need the levels and you don't need, you don't need any of the fluff they're giving you, right, to make it fun. Yeah. Uh, Like, but Mario, like, it's fun just, just being Mario.
0: That's cool. So, what is your favorite level or favorite world style in Super Mario 64?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I don't know. Like, when I think the levels that, like, pop out of my brain are, like, the first the first level.
0: So, Bomb on Battlefield. Bomb there. on
1: Battlefield. But this first snow level. The first snow level
0: for- where you, like... Progressive. Like that's what amazing it, you go back to talking about geometry it's like one of the first no levels is basically you work your way down a mountain right that's incredible in the first game in 3d in like an analog 3d and you're working your way from the top of a mountain to the bottom of a mountain while the the pace changes because mario slides all over yeah. the place and then all of a sudden you can actually slide and you're like, down yeah and you're the like mountain. oh
1: what happens you know like what happens if i just like jump off <clears throat> and like yeah. a mile you know like t- fall 10 miles and it's like <laughs> oh i land in the snow and i'm like stuck in there and it's hilarious right <laughs> uh and it's like so fun and there i'm not getting punished for doing something that's like really fun yeah no the the game allows
0: you to explore and when you watch speedruns of that game as well it's
1: oh they, yeah they're amazing it's, like <laughs> it's, a,
0: it's amazing it's <laughs> yeah it, it's an incredible experience and definitely one of the most revolutionary games of all time
2: well speaking
0: of mario we're going to talk about your next game um we're taking a step back from the 3d world we're going we're going to 2d and especially considering shovel knight is 2d i'm very interested to hear you talk about this mario game so let's listen to some music Okay, David, so another Mario game, you have chosen Super Mario Bros. 3, which is really interesting to me personally, because it's the Mario game I kind of always forget about. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah, for reasons I don't really know, I think of Super Mario Bros. 1, then I always remember 2 just because it was Doki Doki Panic in Japan, and then I jump almost automatically to my, my favorite Mario game, which is Super Mario World, so... But Super Mario Bros. 3 is a fantastic game, and it was released in Japan in 1988, and it was directed by both Miyamoto and Takeshi Tezuka, and it sold over 17 million copies.
1: Oh, Jesus, I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, it's the third highest-selling NES title of all time. And it was the first Super Mario game to introduce uh, stuff like the Suit and the Super Leaf, which allowed Mario to fly, and... It's the game that is often uh, given credit for popularizing the overworld map, because the two Mario yeah. games before that didn't feature an overworld map, yeah. which now seems really strange.
1: <laughs> right.
0: So uh, why, so why Super Mario Bros. Three out of all the two D Mario games?
1: Uh, I mean, like Mario Three is like it's like it's definitely one of the most amazing games ever made. Uh. <laughs> uh i mean there's so there's so many things that are incredible about it i mean like one sort of going back to like what i was saying about mario 64 is like mario like so like mario 2 right the japanese version of mario 2 yeah uh i think is like a perfect example of like they didn't really understand what made the first game good uh Mm. you know they thought like let's just add more let's make it harder uh let's like add these crazy new like wind objects or whatever yeah i think that. it
0: was just a mix of like because it was a different game in japan and it started out as a game with a with different elements to mario it was never meant to be a mario game
1: yeah then so i mean like Mar-
0: oh let's just fit mario art assets into it and then kind of like
1: twist <laughs> yeah, it and so, change it so like it's... i guess like Mar- mario 3 is interesting because like i mean the leap from mario 1 to mario 3 is like it's insane it's pretty right? huge uh And I would say the leap from, like, Mario, from any game, any game during the era to Mario 3 is enormous. Uh, I imagine, like, being a developer during that time and seeing Mario 3 and being, like, embarrassed that I was a developer. (laughs) Because the game is just, like, so many leagues above everyone else. Uh, You know, from, like... From they just got the yeah. movement of the character feeling like so good and so natural and so like anyone can pick it up and and feel like they're in control right? Yeah. Um, But still like have challenge to it and still make it so it's like slippery and fun and Um, you know, there's so, there's so much content in that game. It's crazy. Like every single level is like really radically different and fun and has surprise and, and, and to it. And you really don't know what's coming next. Right. You enter a world and all of a sudden all the characters are huge. Right. Uh, You know, you like you're all of a sudden in water levels. You're all of a sudden in the sky. You're all of a sudden, um, and in, like the and even like the sun is chasing you, right? Like what? What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, uh, there's just so much, uh, yeah, there's so much compact, there's so much compact design. Like one of the things I love about the NES is like they didn't have much space, right, to yeah. do anything, so they had to make every little square inch of the screen fun and like i think mario 3 amplifies that more than any other game ever made so going Uh, back to
0: going back to shovel knight's development and you as a team personally taking on this challenge to almost restrict yourself to nes limitations or what it was like to be a developer of that time was super mario bros 3 like was
1: i mean that was on my that was on my mind all the time for sure. You are like, how did uh, these
0: guys get so much out of the NES limitations? Right, like and how, how we do we,
1: how do we make our, you know, how do we make our level design be as like tight and yeah. enjoyable as like, and every, everything on the screen is there on purpose and like has a, is as fun. uh And like, how do we make as many mysterious and surprising things in our <laughs> world? Um You know, and I, I think, you know, we spend a lot of time on it and like, and in ways we didn't even match them, right? Like their world, their world map is way more exciting than our world map. Uh, <laughs> oh, I not have- say that.
0: You've got like you've got like ships, and you've got like exploding clouds and everything.
1: right but i and they like we you know we took like their wandering encounters right but like you know what else they have they have like i can get into a boat in mario right and like find see a secret like level off on the side yeah and uh you know there's just like so much to it and like the way you navigate around uh like the world map is almost as fun as the game right yeah uh yeah and then i don't know there's like Uh, I mean the world map is brilliant because in two players it's really fun, right? Yes, it's,
0: uh, that's one of the things that I remember uh, Mario Three about so much was the multiplayer
1: yeah. aspect of it. Right, so you're like you're it's I mean it's really single player, but you're like taking turns, and they make the taking turns like really fun in yeah. a way that's like you, you're each conquering your own levels. If you mm. if you you want to like take over someone's level, then you you get you get put in this you know Super Mario battle mode, which is just <laughs> another layer of like a really amazing. Yeah, well, game. not
0: only did you take turns to do three levels, but you also had these mini games that you could play as well, which were just amazing
1: right and then like i, I mean there, and then if it, if it gamed over like you know they're that person's levels reset which added like a new, like this component of you sort of had to work together right mm. um you sort of had to think like well maybe you shouldn't beat that level because then we're gonna be stuck if you die right yeah uh, maybe
0: you should like take a back seat i'm i'm better <laughs> let me go right yeah <laughs>
1: Um. I th- yeah, it's just like I mean, there's so there's so much good stuff. There's when so did when good.
0: did you play Mario three? Did you play it on like release? Um, or did you play it later?
1: Uh, you no, know, that's a good question. Because I mean, you're quite you know, a young guy, aren't you? Do you know, know, know when it came out in the states?
0: It came out in the states in 1990, which is the year I was born, and I'm 25. You no, know, so. yeah, that I I played yeah. it when it came then. Okay. Um,
1: yeah. So I I mean my my history is I got I got my Nintendo when I was two years old. <laughs> oh wow! Your parents yeah, so were I cool. Was, I was hooked up like really young. <laughs> uh,
0: I thought I was younger. I got, I got a, I got a, what is a Genesis for you, but a Mega Drive in the UK um, when yeah. I was when I was four, and I thought I was the only kid who was playing games of my age. Uh, so yeah. to hear you got a uh, Nintendo at two is incredible.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was like I mean, it was a weird thing where my uncle, uh, you know, my sister was just born, and my uncle came drove from New Jersey, where they were selling the NES. Yeah. early in the United States, they weren't okay. selling it yet, right? Back they were like they the were the doing a limited release in like states. <laughs> yeah, it was like in the New York area they were doing a limited release before they did it worldwide, just to like to test if they could even sell it in America. Um oh, wow. So he he had bought one because he's like a technology you know freak yeah. uh and he he like they played it in the car while they drove uh to chicago where i lived and they um and then they like set it up in our tv and were like showing us it and i was just glued to it right as a okay. kid and they like they they just left it there because like i wouldn't stop playing it. <laughs> uh yeah so i mean i yeah i i, I mean i pretty much got things when they came out and i mean the thing is like there were a lot of older kids on our block right so like i couldn't play zelda like i we i think they came with like mario and zelda
2: yeah
1: um and i i mean i couldn't i couldn't obviously i wasn't like smart enough at two years old to play zelda but we had like you know the 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 13 year old kid on the block he would like come and show me how to beat all the places you know all the rooms (laughs) in the game
0: so with mario 3 is there any specific element of that apart from like the overworld design that you took uh, as inspiration for Shovel Knight. Is there anything in Shovel Knight that is almost like a direct Mario Three reference or homage?
1: I mean, we don't. We really try to stay away from referencing anything in Shovel Knight. Yeah, I'd
0: I, I noticed There is, apart from the obvious Mega Man influences, I think because Sean, Sean's a big fan of Mega Man, isn't he?
1: yeah well we, are, we all are
0: yeah yeah <laughs> so
1: there's uh, I mean, a lot we, do, we uh, every may we do mega may which is when we mega play May. That, that sounds amazing through, yeah we play through every mega man that's amazing. every every year uh i'm yes. gonna book
0: my ticket now i'll see you in may <laughs> right <laughs> that sounds fantastic uh, yeah. so we uh, as yeah as you're saying there's like there's not really any oh so yeah
1: we don't way. i mean like at the top of our game design document it says like, it, you know, in a big rule in bold, it says, it, you know, this game will never say it's dangerous to go alone. Take this. Yeah. Right. Just which f- is like honestly, a trap.
0: Because honestly, fuck that. Like, yeah. Don't, don't, well, just I don't do that. Yeah.
1: More than that, though, it was like it was like the idea of what this game was about, which is like we wanted to make a game that uh, was inspired by those games, but could have fit in that era yeah. of game. Right. Um, As in, if you you were
0: a developer then, why would you reference a game being released at the same time?
1: Exactly. You would would look at the
0: elements and be like, wow, that's really good.
1: So, like, you know, the same way Mega Man, you know, when they made Mega Man, they were looking at Mario 3 and being like, shit, we wish we could have, like, what can we, (laughs) like, what ideas can we extrapolate out of this and put into our franchise in a smart way that isn't, like, totally ripping them off or, like, referencing them? Yeah. uh, it's amazing met- to
0: think, uh, there was a time where like Kenji Inafune and his team could have been like, "Fuck, look what Miyamoto is doing!" Oh, God damn, what do we do? Uh, what do I- we do?
1: <laughs> I'm pretty, su- I'm pretty sure everyone when that game came out was just like, like maybe I wasn't meant for this industry because <laughs> I'm not, I'm not even
0: close. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so we're gonna move on to your next uh, game. And it's a departure from Mario, but it's flipping to the other side of Nintendo's very popular franchises. Uh, So let's listen to some very, very nice music. David so, it's the only Zelda game on your list, and it's a link to the past. Yeah. It was released in 1991 in Japan for the Super Nintendo with worldwide releases coming a year later. It's directed by Tezuka, who also directed Mario 3 and it was developed by Nintendo's EAD team, which if you don't know, is like Nintendo's top top team. It reverted back to the top-down view of the first Zelda after Zelda 2's isometric side-view was received uh, mixed, uh, to say the least, and it sold over 5 million copies, making it one of the top-selling NES, uh, Super Nintendo games of all time. David, why A Link to the Past?
1: Well, I mean, it hits all the things we've been talking about. You know. Uh, <laughs> I know it's I kind of a redundant question, really, isn't over it? Over and over, you know, it's yeah. like you know, I love, I love going into a you know a world. I love, uh, I love the music and the art, and uh, I love the, um, I guess like the mystery and the surprise. And I love, I love solving puzzles, and I love. Yeah. Uh, figuring out what to do next and I love uh, exploring and I mean it just has all the elements you know that I that just keep coming up that it's all there it's like it's the complete package
0: so Uh, specifically why a link to the past did you did you not get the same feeling from ocarina of time that everyone else did and there's always this comparison battle between what's better a link to the past or ocarina of time how do you feel about ocarina of time in comparison to a link to the past it's the same with Mario three to Super Mario sixty four. Uh,
1: you know, I'm not the biggest fan of uh, the three Ds Zeldas in general. Okay, that's very. Well, I like I like them, but I like them okay.
0: <laughs> you like them okay? Wow. Yeah,
1: I think it loses it lost a lot of what made you know like Link to the Past special, and that's like you know that's why I love that game for and. I mean, not to say that the later games are bad, but, you know, what drew me to it, I think, isn't there in the yeah. in the 3D games. Okay. Um, so, like, to me, uh, like, the, the 3D Zeldas don't have the same sense of exploration. They don't have the same sense of, like, putting me in the world. Uh, they don't have this, like um sense of like me solving it in the same way me figuring out what to do uh like the wet like the weapons for example in like a 3d zelda are very like obvious right it's like uh you
0: got the boomerang the hookshot the bombs right this
1: does x y and z and it's like i always use this in x situation uh and i would say in like in link to the past like it's not obvious like sometimes i make a sometimes I use the red cane and it makes a block. And sometimes I like use it in this situation and it makes like this huge platform block. Uh, You know, like I had to, you have to really experiment with stuff and you have to figure out like there's a lot of weapons in that game. Right. And there's a lot of like you having to figure out and remember and like know what's the best thing in what scenario. Um, And there's like, you know, you don't have to get everything. You don't have to do everything you can do it in any order. Uh, You can do it however you want to play it. Um, i think being able
0: to do it in any order was what really truly made a link to the past special it was as you said it takes a career of time if you boil it down is a very linear experience in comparison yeah
1: i mean i was thinking i was thinking about i I mean this is something i think about a lot but i was thinking like should i put super metroid in this list because it's like one of the games i play i would i would play forever too (laughs) Uh, but i was thinking like you know what link to the past is like that's a metroidvania to me oh Uh, okay yeah, I mean, people don't see it that way, but that's what it is, really, right? It's a it's a game where it's all open to you, uh, and you are using things to unlock different areas. Yeah, uh, like you're going to an area and finding a thing that lets you unlock this other area. Uh, and it's like your freedom. Your you know, you can fully explore whatever you you want. You have like you have like pretty much your full move set from the beginning. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Uh. Like all those aspects of it, I really love. And I really, I, I just think they did some really brilliant things in that game. Like, you know, the switching from the light to the dark world yeah. is like a really clever mechanic. It's a very clever uh, mechanic. They, and they use it like, and they use it really in smart ways. Um,
0: I think the ability to allow the player to just do it at any time as well was very smart.
1: Right, yeah. Because I mean, it
0: allowed for this sense of exploration. You were like, uh, "I'm checking around in the light world. I can't really see what's going on. Maybe I'll go to the dark world and explore." And there might not be anything there. It's just that it allows the player the choice of, or, or the at least the element of choice of i've got two worlds to explore
1: right i mean everything feels like worth doing and valuable which i think is like something that's missing in the 3d games or like in the 3d games you're like do i want rupees ever like no right (laughs) Uh, (laughs) like like i always have too many in my wallet and it's like annoying that i have i'm getting more rupees (laughs) uh and then like in link to the past it's like you can you cannot spend all your money like fast enough it's like you're throwing just gobs and gobs of rupees yeah. into the into the fountain to like upgrade your equipment. Uh, you know, uh, like finding things in the world is really exciting. Like you're you're collecting the heart pieces, and you like really need that health, right? Yeah. Um,
0: speaking of like economy in games, if we talk about Shovel Knight's economy, you guys created an economy where it's money is so valuable, it's so incredibly valuable. You don't ever. I feel because of the way the game's difficulty is presented, I don't feel like you're ever with an abundance of cash, and everything is set at such a price that the it feels really valuable. Did that come from like a link to the past? The idea. I mean, of-
1: that I definitely came from thinking about those games. I mean, I, I mean, lots of games have that problem, right? I mean, yeah. it's it's really hard to balance economies because you want to make it. You know, the, like those are typically things in games. Like you can beat Shovel Knight without buying anything, right?
0: Yeah, you um, can. So you can.
1: All, all those things in the game are really there to make it easier for you. Um, so like you're trying to balance it for, for novices in a way, but you also don't want to make it so it's too easy for someone who is good to just get everything yeah. and be super powerful, right? Well, I
0: also uh, think it's the experimentation as well. You've put in these items in the game that allow players who are good to experiment like oh i kind of want to use the phase lock in interesting ways right. or yeah uh, knuckle yeah. dusters in like i'm gonna try and knuckle dust through this and i don't have to use my right. shovel and it, the cache feels like it's going towards experimentation almost
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it was, I mean, it was definitely, it's definitely a challenge. It feels like one of those things where it's like, if I add 10 more gold, I could tip the whole scale and throw the whole game off. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, it's, it's extremely challenging and making those things. Uh, I mean, one of the hardest things about balancing economies is making it the things you're actually purchasing worth it. Right. Yeah um so the you know when you buy something like the dust knuckles you got to make sure that like they they're happy with their purchase right otherwise it feels like uh, why do i collect money because i don't want it it's
0: very interesting because uh, having i worked on gta 5 for uh, a few years so it was this process of cash being a reward for all these different right um, things like if you killed someone or you won a race or you completed a mission but were, personally looking back at it there's nothing really of value other than maybe getting a better weapon but you could just do as well with a handgun than you could with this better weapon so it never right. really felt too valuable other than right games like a link to the past where you're like oh man i absolutely do need that item yeah. And that item is gonna it's gonna it's gonna solve all my problems
1: (laughs) well yeah well and i I mean think i think part of the fun of it in a link to the past is like you don't even know some of the times right yeah (laughs) you you're like should you're like throwing money into a fountain for like who the hell knows why reason right (laughs) and then they're like like you know like i'm gonna give you more bombs and you're like holy shit that was (laughs) like oh my god i'm so happy i did that right yeah um Yeah, like having those avenues where it's it's not always one for one, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, you don't you don't know if it's gonna be worth it. It's like I mean it's like that's what makes money valuable in real life, right? It's like true you buy something and you said like, man, that was a really good purchase. I yeah. like did a really good job with my money. And, and you only get that feeling because you also spent your money in really bad ways. <laughs> yeah, I bought
0: I bought 55 Amiibos and I, I worry every day whether it wasn't worth the cash value. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. certainly one of those aspects. It, it just makes video game development even more interesting and more complex. All these different systems. Like, People look at Zelda and it's like, what do you take from Zelda? You take the combat, you take the world design, you take the the world building and the the enemies and the boss battles, but no one really talks about the economy or, like, why rupees? Why are you limited sometimes and then you get bigger bags? Why can't you just keep collecting rupees? Or It's yeah. like, it's so clever. It's so...
1: Yeah. smart and, I, mean, <laughs> I mean link of the past is just like so brilliant it's just so brilliantly designed like their tutorial is the most exciting thing ever in yeah. games right <laughs> like you're thrown into this world it's like freaking raining outside you're figuring out where to go right that's a tutorial it's like how do i like i have to figure out how to explore yeah right you don't think of that like walking in a game is like something you need to learn uh like you figure out like here's how I, dro- I drop through holes. Here's how I look for secrets. Here's how I use my weapon. Here's how I yeah. you do all this thing. But it's it's masked in this thing that's so exciting, which is like you're going after this mysterious princess and like your uncle just died or whatever. And <laughs> you feel like such a hero going on an adventure uh, that it's really uh, like it's so masterfully put together.
0: So let me ask you: Did you uh, did you play uh, Link Between Worlds? How did you feel about that game?
1: I did, I did, and I thought I thought they did a really good job with the game. I think the beginning of that game was the biggest mistake they made on that game, uh, which is like they missed that part of Link to the Past, which like they didn't do like you know the beginning of that game was like the beginning of any 3 d Zelda. Yeah, it's funny you say that actually uh, because uh, uh, I'm actually playing
0: through it again. And I played through the start and it's so boring.
1: It's a, it's a slow, it's very boring. You're, yeah. You're just like waiting through the mud, trying to get mm-hmm. to the fun, right?
0: Just text box after text box. Uh, like, here's yeah. The, villain, and it's like, here's the bad guy, this is what's happening. And it's like, yeah. not
1: only that, it's like, they're building a world and the world isn't exciting. So it's yeah. like, I'm going, I'm waiting through your, like ex- your story BS. And it's like, I, you're not even like entertaining me while you're doing it. Um, yeah yeah so but but beyond that like uh i mean the the dungeons and everything were so expertly put together and Mm -hmm. exciting and i it had a lot of that same super mario 3 feel where there's just a lot packed into a tiny space yeah um and that like that seemed like a big like a return to form for me that's like i that's something i wish was in the 3ds outlets and that's like really but that's really hard to do in a 3d space right
0: it's very difficult Uh, you can't well, this actually, talking about Zelda in terms of being able to explore open-endedly, the new Zelda obviously promises an open world. Do you think that they can do what they did with 2D Zeldas in terms of exploration for this new Zelda if you have the ability to choose where you want to go?
1: I mean, I think they could. I think I think there's a lot... Of, there's definitely... It's definitely a lot harder... <laughs> Uh, you know, you, you know, like, you know, one of the th- reasons we built Shovel Knight in rooms, right, is that you can, it's discreetly separating it out in your mind, right? Yeah. You can go, hey, this room yeah. is just like the last room um, um, and like is boring and I want yeah. it to be different. Uh, and it's very obvious because they're so discreetly separated. Uh, and in 3D, like, that's almost impossible to set up, right? Yeah because uh, it just it just has to be so much bigger because the player
0: it, can turn around at any moment and just walk out right and
1: leave. you can see so much more um by the fact that you have depth uh yeah, yeah so uh, I think like capturing that part of making like every little thing be exciting is like a lot harder to do and set up um it will so, definitely be interesting but to I see think it's doable. Do it. yeah I think it i mean I definitely think it's doable um, is there anything
0: you want in the the open world Zelda s- specifically? Like, please do this. Please take. I
1: mean, yeah. I guess what I I mean what I want is like what excites me about Zelda is like really feeling like I'm in a different world. Uh, which I think they've been doing like an okay job of in the 3D Zeldas. Yeah. Uh, they It varies from game to game, I guess. Um, you know, I want to really feel like. Like I'm solving challenging puzzles that are like fun. I wanna feel like I'm engaged in like some fun combat, but not have the combat be like I don't know, like in the newer Zeldas, it's like I don't
0: know. <laughs> just just
1: <sighs> yeah uh
0: is there is there a three d Zelda that you do like?
1: Uh, you know, I haven't gone back and like played them a lot. Uh, I okay. liked Win. I liked Wind Waker when it came out. Yeah. Um,
0: was that because you know? Of I the I liked
1: Wonder I liked Friends Ocarina of or... Time. I shouldn't say I didn't like Ocarina of Time. Uh, definitely like you.
0: You liked Ocarina of Time, but n- not. But I was any like, I, I, but I was definitely like,
1: I wish this was Link to the Past. You know?
0: Okay. Did you go back and play a Link to the Past straight away and were like, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Where
1: did everything go wrong? <laughs>
0: Uh, I've never heard anyone say that about Ocarina of Time before. <laughs> <laughs> Where well, did it all go wrong? That's not true. That's not true. Uh,
2: <laughs>
0: very rarely, then. Definitely very yeah. rarely. Okay, uh, so we're going to move on now to your last game on the list. And I am right. very excited to talk to you about the next game, <laughs> personally. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to listen to some glorious music. Okay, David, you put Smash Bros down on your list, yeah. and I had to ask you specifically what Smash Bros. So please tell me which Smash Bros. would you choose out I'm of the choosing, series?
1: I'm choosing the newest one. The newest and, one.
0: Okay, so the, if you're the, listening the, to this pod,
1: if you're listening to this podcast like 30 years in the future, then it means the one that's come out in 30 years from now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it means the most up-to-date one, the one that right. we're all addicted to now. Yes. <laughs> what, what, what is it about smash brothers then for you uh,
1: yeah well i mean i don't know like smash it's like i mean it's like any competitive game uh you know good competitive game where yeah. you're you're flexing your brain you're reading your opponent you're uh there's so much satisfaction and diversity in those encounters yeah um and, like, you know, being mad or happy about, like, how dexterous you were at using the controller, right? <laughs> uh, you know, I think, yeah, like, all those pieces are there. I mean, I like, you know, I love that it involves platforming, too, because I'm super into platforming, obviously, by all the games I yeah. chose. Platforming uh, and puzzling, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I love the simple inputs of it. Um, you know, nothing's, like, too hard to do. Like, you know, it's not a street fighter uh quarter roll on yeah, my it's definitely stick. not as
0: taxing as controls for it's
1: not like a um it's not like i'm memorizing back forward forward back back left right up down and then i can do the thing i wanted to <laughs> do in my brain right yeah uh, yeah i love this i love the simple controls i love like this satisfaction as i was saying before of like the hit stops and the. you know i love all the mechanics like grabbing grabbing out the floor when you get hit too hard or grabbing the ceiling i love uh i love the diversity in the characters like they're all really creative and they're all like really well done and at like matching who that character is in their own universe right and bringing them all together yeah. i love uh
0: what is it specifically about the wii u1 now that you like
1: yeah i like i like the wii u1 I like I mean more characters obviously is awesome.
2: Uh, also
0: the character variety this time. Oh forgetting the Fire Emblem nonsense that people complain about. But having characters like Cloud and Ryu and Mega Man and Pac-Man is so cool. So very cool. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean I yeah, I I think what I like about this one is they've done a really good job of balancing like the simplicity of it with the depth of it. Yeah. Um so they took out you know they took out melees, like really complicated. Like, hey, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be Samus and like throw out my uh, what do you call her? Uh, like her, her beam, beam, her beam. Yeah, yeah, her like beam to grab the stage, and that makes me really good at the game, right? Yeah. Um, you know they they like they simplified things. Like when I grab an edge, I don't need to worry about if I'm facing it or not. Um. You know, I don't need to worry about like someone hitting me off it when I'm on it, really, yeah. uh, unless it's like in a creative way, right? Yeah. They t- like they basically like p- uh, pounded out a lot of the uh, things that I think make it hard to get into and okay. make it so it's like, you know, like like wave dashing, for example, right? It's like if you if you played against someone who was like wave dashing in your face, it's like as a new player it's like there's no (laughs) there's no chance you can even have fun right
0: (laughs) i'm getting i'm going against super saiyan goku and i'm krillin or something (laughs) someone's just doing all these crazy moves in front of me and i have no idea what to do
1: yeah i feel yeah so it's like i think they like got rid of a lot of that kind of stuff and they
0: how did you feel about brawl
1: i mean brawl was sort of like they tried to simplify it right they didn't um, and i think then. they and i think they screwed it up in a lot of ways oh, okay so this is like um, a
0: return to not a return yeah, to but this is like the, the i fix
1: like they learn they learn they learn their mistakes from the last two games and that's like what is cool about it um okay. so like brawl you know brawl had like slipping in it right yeah, and they're like did, yeah. they tried to put that in as like a way to balance things and the way to make it like surprising and unexpected but it, and in reality what happened is like it made it less fun to play right i
0: think it was an Added random element on top of a game that already had the option to, you know, right. have all these items which had an incredible amount of <laughs> right, random. Right. Exactly. You didn't. You didn't need this, especially in fighting games, because a lot of people don't like random chance. It's fighting right. game is all yeah. meant to be about your skill, and you're not trying to face off against the game, just your opponent.
1: Right. Um. Yeah. So I think they like they struck the balance between you know melee and brawl and what they wanted, and they did. I mean, it came out really well. Um do, do yeah. you guys
0: do you guys at Yacht club games play regularly Oh we
1: play it like yeah I mean when, at the end of the day someone is playing smash for like yeah, an hour That's
0: awesome that's fantastic Yeah
1: uh you guys I, have I
0: mean, you guys have mega may and you have smash every evening You're going to have like an yeah. influx you're gonna have an yeah. influx of people applying for a job.
1: Yeah, right. Oh man, I can play Smash once a day, and like <laughs> and during the month of May, I'm like drowned with Mega Man games, even though like I was done after the third one.
0: <laughs> you just have to make a very successful game first <laughs> before you can yeah. be allowed these freedoms. <laughs> <laughs> so how how are you enjoy? What character are you enjoying in uh, the Wii U version at the moment?
1: You know, that's actually that's what I like least about this version. It's funny, it's like I I don't feel You know, I felt like I had go to characters a lot in the other ones and this one I just can't pick one. I can't find the one that's like this is me. Oh man, you
0: have the same problem I do. Like for so so long it was color like for me. So long. Right. But in this one, I just – I can't choose.
1: Yeah, and a lot of characters in this one is weird. Like, I used to play Jigglypuff a lot. And okay. Resting I can't, play, I can't <laughs> play Jigglypuff in this one for some reason. <laughs> like, they feel very similar, but, uh, like, something's off and I can't figure it out.
0: I feel that way about Lucas.
1: Like yeah, Lucas. Brol, I feel that Lucas way about was, Lucas too.
0: Yeah. Br- Lucas in Brawl, he was so good. He was very, very yeah. good. But in this one, like he – he doesn't feel as yeah, good as Ness, which hurts. Cap-
1: Captain Falcon I used to play a lot, and I just can't get him in this one.
0: Oh, I think Captain yeah. Falcon works a lot better in this one.
1: But oh, really?
0: I prefer playing Little Mac, even though Little Mac's really bad. <laughs> he He's like a he's like a faster, smaller, speedier version of Captain Falcon. <laughs> right. What about, yeah. if, do you play like Ryu or Cloud, any of the new DLC characters?
1: No, I haven't gotten super into the DLC characters yet. Okay. It's like, yeah. There's so many characters. I feel like I need to learn the other characters. Uh, (laughs) I I hope you
0: guys play random because random is how you learn the characters.
1: Yeah. I play a lot of... Actually, I feel like how you learn the characters is like you go one by one and and you be like, I'm playing the character all day.
0: That's interesting. We we always... Our rules is that we always play in random because then you're basically just forced.
1: Well, the problem is when you play random, you don't... You don't like learn... You don't learn that character especially against other characters yeah, right
0: you certainly don't learn that character but you always have this <laughs> your choice yeah, you're, where the other guys are going to be playing different characters so if you play like you randomly you get like ganondorf you're not playing right. against other ganondorfs you're playing against like sonic who's super fast and super quick and then you're playing against mario who's quite methodically slower and a bit more technical and then you have like crazy people like little mac <laughs> Right. So I think yeah. the randomness is there but I I've never really thought about playing like individually like one character at a time going through it yeah. slowly.
1: Well, it's good especially it's like good to like you're like building up your practice with them kind of thing. Yeah and like when and when other people are playing other characters then you get like and then you get to like experience what it's like to fight other characters in a row cuz like sometimes you play a character and you're like wow I'm actually like pretty good with them and then they and then they switch to another character and you're like oh I'm not good at all right <laughs> i was only good like when fighting bowser right
0: yeah <laughs> like uh- I play as Sonic sometimes, and I hated Sonic in Brawl. I thought he was terrible. I thought he was absolutely awful. Every time yeah. I randomed and I got Sonic, I would be very unhappy. But right. in this one, he, he just feels a lot more manageable and a lot more controllable. But then he, get, he doesn't work against other characters. He doesn't work against Little Man right. or Captain Falcon because they're just too fast for him to be able to connect with. Yeah. But against characters like Bowser or uh, King Day-to-Day, he works a bit more better than he would with other characters right how are you feeling about like characters like mega man and pac-man
1: oh i mean i yeah i like there's not really a character in this game i don't like which is interesting compared to the other games uh i mean they're i guess if i if i really hammered down i would probably be like i really don't like this character maybe but i haven't i guess i haven't gotten to the point where i've played them so much to know that um how do yeah, you feel, how like, do you
0: feel about specifically Mega Man coming I, I, off the back of the show? Yeah, track, I
1: love. Right? I, I think like Mega Man's Mega Man's amazing. They did a really good job of adapting the character, like the art, the 3D. It's like the best 3D Mega Man uh, model that's ever been in a Mega Man. Yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, it's yeah. it's an amazing model. The Amiibo Mega his, Man is really. Yeah, his like.
1: Team. I mean, his like way of playing is r- really interesting in that game. Yeah, uh, he's a, really. He's
0: a. Odd character. Yeah. He's got a lot that going for him, but sometimes he feels a bit of a glass cannon. Sometimes.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's, he's definitely punishable. like he's definitely like you gotta get used to his oddities. Yeah. Right? You have to know his like weak situations and know how to avoid them kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Quick question actually about Mega Man. Um obviously on Shovel Knight you the soundtrack was composed by both uh Jake Kaufman and uh Manami uh Matsume who actually made the original Mega Man soundtrack as someone who studied music and is a fan of Mega Man how was that H- how incredible was that
2: oh
1: i mean like it was unbelievable right <laughs> uh you know we yeah i mean i like i adored manami's music yeah uh, growing up and like when i was writing music like i was like how do i write music like her right <laughs> uh so to think that like i've worked with her is incredible uh and you know just to think like you know she hadn't written music for 15 years or something
0: wow really
1: yeah because she because she basically i mean she raised her family okay Um, which
0: in japan is a very traditional thing women yeah
1: so and then so basically she was like sort of coming you know her her kid is like 15 or something so she's like i can go back to work now kind of okay um and she was just starting out. So, we, I mean, we connected through her with a, one of our Kickstarter, one, one of our people interested in the Kickstarter sent us a message that, like, hey, instead of backing your game, how would I pay to have Manami Matsuma write us, you know, a song or two for you? And we were like, no way. Like, we know she's retired. Like, nice try, <laughs> kind of thing. Um, and he's like, no, seriously. Like, no, seriously. Like, he, like, here's here's a sample of a track she's wrote for this, like, album I'm producing. Um so this so we found a, I mean later this, this guy he is the head of Brave Wave which if you don't know Ah
0: yes yeah, so the guy's a Brave Wave yeah, yeah um, for anyone who doesn't know Brave Wave is like a collaborative project where lots of different artists and uh, all especially all Japanese uh, game artists uh, make music together like to make an album or something Right like that. yeah they actually released a podcast recently there's a Brave Wave podcast Oh really yeah, yeah I, that's I, pretty I'll go check that out. Very good yeah but
1: um so anyway so he so he was starting to put together Brave Wave and uh he said, you know, she wrote this song for me and he sent us the song and it was like, Oh my god, this is her. Like <laughs> this this sounds so much like her. No one else could do this, right? Yeah. No one else on the planet could do this um and it was just like we have to like oh my god this is going to be amazing like we're making a mega man inspired game and she's writing the music you know like (laughs) to think that to think that like she put the audio world of mega man together right you know the reason like the the the, the, she did the sound effects too so like you know his explosion and (laughs) his beaming down at the start of the stage and uh, you know the doors rising up tick 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 right is all her right and to think that we have have that same kind of person uh you know fleshing out the world of what uh, shovel knight sounds like it's like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> like it's incredible right
0: <laughs> that's really good i the soundtrack to shovel knight is just so good it's
1: yeah it well works. and i shouldn't i shouldn't uh uh put off like I mean Jake did 99% of the work on the soundtrack and he's yeah. incredible. Uh yeah. J- Jake he goes by Vert if you uh Yeah, he he with for...
0: you guys at Way Forward as well, didn't he?
1: Yeah, yeah. And he I mean he's just like he's masterful and especially at knowing like that era of gaming. Uh Did you really do yourself
0: liked... do any audio work because I know you <clears throat> obviously studied computer science and You know, I did like I did some
1: I did some like sound effects, I think, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but not not more than that. Yeah, that's where cool. I was. I was m- mainly twenty four seven, just trying to get the game to run, <laughs> <laughs>
0: trying to actually get that music in the game, <laughs> and yes. making it all work. How was the experience of programming shovel Knight? Like, I've done crunch. I know it. it's terrible and horrible. Yeah, I mean, it
1: was like we were crunching all day every day for a year uh i mean it took 16 months and like the first four months we like worked normal hours and then we were like hey we're never gonna finish this game unless we start crunching um so yeah i mean it was it was pretty terrible <laughs> <laughs> i mean it was fun knowing we were what we were making and like we thought it was going to be something special but uh, it was definitely a hard <laughs> hard experience yeah the
0: crunch is a this is a difficult experience, but ultimately yeah, – I mean
1: it's – yeah, it's definitely hard to explain like the like the feeling that you're doing something you like, but you're doing it all the time and you don't want to be doing it all the time, right?
0: People don't understand that you can love video games and you can love working on video games, but if you do too much of one thing, whether you like it or not <laughs> – Yeah, it's just, it's just like your brain,
1: if... your brain is screaming at you.
0: Yeah, yeah. and especially – in my case being different because it was a well-established franchise especially if you don't know whether it's going to be worth it.
1: Oh, oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, and I mean that was true of Shovel Knight too. Uh, no, that's, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. You don't uh, you never know if it's going to it's gonna come together. You never know if it's going to come together in the end. Yeah. And um,
0: it did. <laughs> it did. You Shovel Knight is superb. Actually, speaking of <laughs> Smash Brothers and Shovel Knight, who did you vote for in the Smash ballot?
1: Uh, did you shove
0: as many shovel knight votes in? Because I did vote for shovel knight.
2: I will <laughs> no,
1: I we I, I definitely didn't do that uh, <laughs> because you knew it wasn't a possibility. I'm not sure who I vote. I someone in mother three probably probably like Duster or something. Okay,
0: I, <laughs> I voted for shovel knight. I wanted it so badly. <laughs> I was very upset. Although. Bayonetta, I am absolutely cool with. I am totally cool with. Oh yeah, cool that's very cool. It's very, very cool and very, very interesting to have a character like Bayonetta in Smash Brothers. But Shovel Knight was my number. He just seems like a, the perfect fit, the absolute perfect fit for that game.
1: Yeah, I mean that'd be cool. Maybe, maybe one, maybe an yeah, NX Shovel Knight or something. I was going to say with all, these,
0: with all these Smash rumors about the NX. Maybe, maybe you're lying to me. Maybe a legend. <laughs> oh, i <I'm, David.
1: laughs> definitely, I'm definitely not. <laughs> if I would be like, I would be like giddy right now if I knew. <laughs> Talking about Smash, like I know. I something probably wouldn't you even put Smash I, something Brothers, you don't. I probably wouldn't be able to put Smash Brothers in the list because I would be like too scared. I would say something about it.
0: Yeah, there, it would be he his moveset, his design, everything, and especially with the amiibo now, like this 3D space version of him. It would, it, I think, it would fit perfectly.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would. It would be amazing. It would be. It just be like I wouldn't believe it. Even how if would it you was...
0: feel about like another developer using? Shadow I mean, Knight.
1: it's a, it's the same. It's the same thing as the. I mean, it's the same thing as the Amiibo, right? Like I just can't picture our character in line with Nintendo's characters. Yeah. Uh, I mean, in line with like Mega Man and Pac Man, like those are like it's like legendary, unbelievably amazing games
0: it does seem to have happened it seems like you look at especially the wii u life now and you think of the smash brothers game but shovel knight is is right there he is a if there was ever going to be like one of nintendo's press conferences of all the different characters that feature on the wii u it's like shovel knight is right there he is one of the almost even though he's on multiple platforms he's definitely one of the characters that symbolizes what the wii u has and that's amazing well, that's really cool well, well, <laughs> well th- thank you for saying that <laughs> no it's i'm i'm such a f- it's like getting you on to talk about shovel knight and getting to talk about the games that inspired shovel knight is amazing to me as someone who was so blown away by how good shovel knight was it's fantastic to talk to you about this I just want to tell you how much how all that crunch was worth, it, David. It was so worth it because I have had I've played through Shovel Knight multiple times now. It's so good. It's such a fantastic.
1: Wow, uh, I I really that's really an honor. Thank you very much.
0: No, it's a, an honor to talk to you today about it. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to the because you've got two other campaigns that you need to fulfill for your Kickstarter requirements, don't you?
1: Yeah, yeah. We have Spectre Knight and King Knight coming So out.
0: Spectre Knight and King Knight. So Spectre Knight he would have I can't even is Spectre Knight gonna fly? Is he gonna hover? Uh
1: well I mean we'll we'll see. What oh, happens.
0: okay. Teasing. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I I'm thinking, oh, thinking about those characters now and how they get like in my head, my, like how I would design the gameplay. It's so interesting, especially Spectre Knight considering he can float.
1: Yeah. I'm oh sure. man! It's, I'm it's gonna be easy. good. I'm so excited. <laughs> what, well, we definitely have some surprises in store. That's there. awesome. That's
0: fantastic. Yeah. It's amazing because Knight has almost become this, Oh, like two games now. You've almost you've had a sequel because play game. Yeah, I mean, isn't. yeah, we're
1: hoping we're hoping by the end of this it's like going to be the biggest, you know, we're going to have two more campaigns and a battle mode in there. I'm like we're hoping it's the biggest goddamn platformer on the planet yeah. uh, in terms of like just sheer content that's in there.
0: That's I'm excited. Shovel Knight is so good. If you haven't played Shovel Knight, absolutely go and get it. Yeah, it's on any platform you probably own right now. Definitely go play it. It's one of the most amazing surprises of this generation that's for sure that's absolutely for sure and i want the damn amiibo Ugh, i want that co-op <laughs> mode. i want that amiibo is it is there any plans for a japan release please give me some hope
1: i mean we i we would love i mean we really we really want everything that's here to come to japan too i we're i mean we're working on the right way to do it so. okay
0: well, how was the response with like japanese gamers
1: I mean, we haven't released there yet.
0: Oh, right. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yes. Sorry. Yeah.
1: So we're, yeah. I so mean, I that's like, at- we're, we're actually, I mean, we're like, we think, you know, American games typically don't do very well in Japan. Um, yeah. Uh, but
0: because of the inspiration behind these games. and what Yeah. So uh, yeah, we is. feel
1: like it's the, it's the kind of game that will resonate. Right. Uh, I mean, we feel strongly about that. So it's, it's just like, we don't want to plop it in there with, no attention and not give it a chance so we're like trying to find the right way to do it
0: the right channels to release because i remember rogue legacy was localized by the guys at eight four who you were on the podcast recently and i I think rogue legacy did really well in japan it was at least received very well
2: oh
1: yeah
0: and um, that's good yeah, that's yeah, I imagine that's good news for Yeah, you. I mean that was a, that was a cool game.
1: So I w- I would hope it was receivable.
0: Yeah, um but it's very di- it, that game is different. It is inspired by stuff like Metroid and Castlevania and that kind of thing, but not as as resonating as Shovel Knight is in terms of to Mega Man or to Mario, that kind of inspiration. Right. So I think it'll do I think it'll do well. Especially in the group of japanese people i know who play games i think it'll be very well (laughs) well we'll see i hope i hope
1: so yeah
0: i wish you all the all the luck um so my final question to round out what has been and very very interesting (laughs) time i've enjoyed every minute of it uh my last question is usually on your island you have these eight games but if you could only play one console and you were limited to one console what would that console be
1: uh probably super nintendo yeah yeah i think
0: that would mean I don't that, know that would mean no mario 3
1: it's tough nes has like the most games right
0: uh it has one of the biggest back catalogs i think
1: yeah, yeah next so to the playstation just, 2 you could just be popping in new games all the time oh yeah playstation 2 would be but the super
0: nintendo has a big enough one that i don't think you'd finish every game yeah the died. super <laughs> nintendo
1: That's for sure. like super nintendo has the most like like what's special about the super nintendo is that like all these people tried things in the nes era and then the super nintendo era was like like now we're gonna make it the right way kind of thing like now now we've like sort of learned our lesson and here's like here's what we think the game actually is like you know like super mario world is like we're making the like we're making the best super mario we can like super castlevania it was like we're making the best super castlevania we can yeah. you know like final fan all the final fantasies in this super nintendo era like it's all it's basically like people like nailing their formula
2: yeah or Super yeah, Nintendo so that, is definitely
0: uh well known for being like an RPG console it had so many good RPGs but yeah. you don't have an RPG on your list really I mean Mother 3, well, 3 yeah Mother 3 technically it are you you've spoken a lot about like puzzlers and that kind of thing do you play a lot of RPGs
1: oh so, definitely yeah, yeah? yeah
0: so the Super Nintendo yeah. would be a good fit for you then
1: Yeah, definitely. I'd be be playing Chrono Trigger over and over. I'd be playing the Final Fantasies. I'd be playing some Dragon Quest. I'd be playing some... Secret
0: of Mana and that kind of thing.
2: Secret of Mana, definitely.
0: (laughs) Very nice, very nice. Okay, well, David, I want to thank you so very, very much for coming and talking to me today. I know you guys are extremely busy, and I don't want to take you away too long from what I'm really looking forward to. I want you to get back in there and carry on doing what you do.
1: Uh, no, but, don't make me.
0: <laughs> don't let me go back. It's okay. It's like uh, getting on. I imagine five for you guys, five o'clock. So maybe it's uh, yeah. maybe some maybe someone's playing Smash now that you can go and play Smash. <laughs> and- and-
1: we got, we got about an hour or two before someone starts to play some
0: match. Okay, so you can get a good hours of work in. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to thank you so much for coming on today. Shovel Knight is one of my favorite games and it has been incredible to talk to you about it and what inspired it and what inspires you personally too. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for yeah, coming. Thanks, thanks for having me. It was a ton of fun. No, I'm glad. Your list was very, very interesting as well, which is always nice. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you very much for listening to uh final games this is the third episode david is there anything you would like to say or like especially um promote
1: (laughs) oh well i mean you could follow yaklo games at yaklo games on twitter uh i'm dandy ycg on twitter if you want to get in contact with me um yeah i don't know more than that
0: Buy Shovel Knight. Check, buy, out, check out Shovel Knight. <laughs> yeah. Buy Shovel Knight. Buy the Amiibo. Uh, get Shovel Knight just so you can play Plague of Shadows as well. I don't even work at Yacht Club Games, but definitely buy Shovel Knight. <laughs> buy Shovel Knight. It's so good. Everyone should play Shovel Knight. It's great. Yeah, so yeah. thank you for listening to Final Games. Uh, you can follow me at Twitter on at LiamBME. Uh, you can also follow the show at Final Games Podcast. If you'd like to ask me any questions or you have any interest in the show, you can email me at finalgamespodcast at gmail.com. And generally, you can find us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Thank you for listening again. and I hope you join us again soon. Thank you to David. And we'll see you next time. Goodbye.
2: Bye.